Are you not going to read the end of the book? No, I thought you were doing the what's up internet. I thought you were going to read the end of the book. Well, I can find that. Did we not do the end of the book last week? I No, we did. <laughs> I, I was, I'm just sitting uh, here wondering what you're doing, babe. That is the beginning <laughs> We've of the We've been doing this show for book. over two years. Uh, no, not, not, quite, not quite two years yet. Almost two years. We're really, really good at this. <clears throat> um... Is this actually no? This is a <laughs> this is a history. Murtag is evil now. Thorns back. It's the Nerdy Warty Book Club. And then together, Ew. you and I shall kill the Razak and avenge our father. What's up, Internet? My name's Dirty. And I'm Clarus. And this is a mess. Yeah, that's that's why the people love it, right? People? Humans? Hello? Uh, how y'all doing? <laughs> Chat. How is everybody feeling today? Happy it is Halloween. Halloween. I, I, I was going to do a whole I'm Hopper. Oh, and I'm uh, Scooby-Doo. Well, you didn't even try the voice. Come on, give me a little Scooby. I literally, like, don't possess Clarus, the vocal cords. Go full Scooby. I, like, that's... Perfection. The, like, my voice doesn't go that low. Good morning to everyone in chat. Thank you for being here for this mess. Hello. Bilge Monkey says the most professional book club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. That's how we market ourselves, actually. Um, whenever we, you know, reach out for sponsorships or whatever, we call it the most professional book club. It's honestly hard to promote the show. It's hard to talk about the show. Mm-hmm. because we will say like, yeah, we have a book club mm-hmm. or we do our, we have our book club tomorrow and people are like, oh, cool. You like are in a book club and we're like, no, it's no. not, it's not like a book club where <laughs> like, we like yes. sit around with people. Like it is that, but it's not that. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's, it's very difficult to explain. Um, good morning. Hello everyone in chat. How are we doing? All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Should we do the same poll that we did last week as to, like, who has read this book and who has not read this book? Oh, uh, yeah, if you want to type that out. <laughs> sure. Why not? Did you read? Die, you ride. No, 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 no. There we go. Did you read? Yes. No. Never. <laughs> there we go. There is a poll in chat for the people who are here. Hello. Uh, Clarus, mm-hmm. is there any housekeeping we need to do? Um, uh, mm, uh, no, no housekeeping we need to do. Obviously, Roleplay Relay 2 is coming up. Uh, we're very excited about that. At the end of the month, we're going to raise some money for charity. Well, not, sorry, it is the end of October. It's the end of next month. Uh, November 25th. Yeah, coming 26 days from now, we're doing Roleplay Relay 2, a charitable D&D stream benefiting uh, Cap for Kids, mm-hmm. a cancer charity. Uh, that uh, helps the families of children who have cancer uh, deal with the financial struggles of their children being in the position that they're in. It is a wonderful charity run by some friends of ours who are absolutely incredible cosplayers who not only uh, financially benefit those families, but also go to children's hospitals in their cosplays and cheer up the kids dressed as their favorite characters. Yeah. It is uh, an incredible, uh, incredible charity. Uh, and uh, we're really excited. Uh, the stream is going to be sponsored by a couple of people. There's going to be giveaways galore, mm-hmm. raffles uh, that you can enter by donating to the charity. Yeah. Uh, those are going to be sp- from our sponsors. Uh, Eldritch Foundry, the Hell mini-making yeah. uh, website, is going to be one of those sponsors, uh, as well as uh, our show sponsor today, 
uh, the sponsors of this production, uh, Misty Mountain Gaming. What? Yeah, Misty Mountain Gaming is our um, our, our full-time sponsor right now. They are uh, the best TTRBG accoutrement company on the internet, mm-hmm. which means they make dice. You want math rocks? Yeah. Misty Mountain Gaming. I was uh, rolling some sterling silver math rocks last night. Oh, you fancy. I know. I am fancy. Thanks to MistyMountainGaming.com. Use code NerdyNightly15 for 15% off your order. Uh, NerdyNightly15. That's my name plus 15. Correct. It's a code for 15% off. That's, yeah, how that works. And um, if you do that, you'll have you'll, you'll be able to do math with rocks. We like... Math? No, we don't like math. But I can. I don't like dislike math. I dislike math. Yeah, but like math is also like the reason why we have the internet. So. Sure, and I am grateful for that. Well, those ones and zeros. Yeah, sure. Would you rather be a farmer? No. So then, like, you're an internet personality. (laughs) Enjoy the internet. It's your job. Fair, fair, fair. Um, reminder: Murtag is coming out next week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, housekeeping, get that book so that we can talk about it. Get that book. Get that book. Hey, chat. Get that, get that book. book. Comes uh, out on Tuesday. Next, yeah. Next week, we are talking about Brissinger. And then the following week, we're talking about Inheritance. And then we are splitting up Murtag into two parts. So, yeah. I feel like people are going to mostly have their reading done by then. But get it get it the day it comes out. Yes. Blow, blow it up. Have fun. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if you're not subscribed to this channel, subscribe, because there might be bonus videos uh, related to things like that in the near future. Yes. No comment. Uh, I think that's everything we need to housekeep. Clarus, uh, you have not read Eldis in a few years. Yep. I haven't read it in over a decade. How are you feeling about the second book in The Inheritance Sequel? Sequel? The sequel. The sequel. Yeah. Uh, my favorite of the... I don't even know what that would be. Um, classified as... Uh, it's great. I love it. This was always my favorite book. And I will wait and read the other two after this to, like, you know, make sure that that is still the case. Um, but, yeah. I, I love this book so much. I really love the structure of it. I... This is limited edition. I did not uh, did not know that. That one is mine. This one? Yeah, I think I, that was the one I brought. I think you had a normal one, and I had a limited edition, so we donated your normal one. I don't think we got rid of any of the Aragon books. Yeah, because we had two of each one, and so and now we only have one of each one. We said we didn't need to have as many Aragon books as we did. Oh, I thought we did that with Harry Potter. Um, anyways, well, this is the, the limited edition one, and uh, it's... We have the collector's edition of Aragon. Yes. We've got all the fancy stuff. Uh, I, I love this book. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, You can really see, like... A lot of growth uh, from the author from book one to book two. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that happens, um, and uh, some some spicy reveals. Yeah, yeah. I re- it's funny. I I remember this book as being the one where Aragon um, sits in a like meadow for a long time. Oh, and he does do that. Kind of. Uh, but I, I think that what I'm, I, I was really uh, struck by rereading it now is that I think that a lot of that uh, time in uh, the Duel de Varden is really important to the narrative of the book. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how you would make it more interesting. There, there's one element of it that we will talk about later that I'm not, that, that I think could be stronger. Okay. Um, but uh, the, the, I, I really appreciated using Roran's narrative to cut up the sort of narrativeless 
section that is Aragon's training. And also in Rorin's part, like getting that like broken up as well. Because there's a lot of, and it was weeks later, yeah, and yeah. They, they arrived at the place. And so, you know, you kind of get like the plot from Rorin, and you get a the world building from Aragon. Yeah. I think that there could have been a little bit more plot in Aragon's um, chapters. Um, there, there are some stretches there where it's like, and then we painted, and then we flew, and then Sephira <laughs> was a horny little dragon, and then Aragon was a horny little boy. Yeah. Um, and so you know that could have been, that that could have been tightened up, particularly going into his healing, and I, I we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, for uh, sure. But but I I think that when I was younger, I did not enjoy this book as much mm. because I felt like the like sitting in the garden stuff really tanked it. Okay, um, but reading it as an older person who is maybe paying a little bit more attention to what's being said and like the thematic importance of it, mm-hmm. um, I, I appreciated this book more now. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think that's I think that's fair. I I when I was younger definitely thought that Rorin took up more of this book than he actually does. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't I I don't know why, but like I um I was kind of organizing uh, for today's book club, we're going to talk about, like, each kind of storyline. Um, and, and, and Aragon has far more than Rorin. But I remember, for some reason, when I was younger, I thought it was, like, almost an equal split. And it is, like, very much not that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is interesting how uh, my, my perception of that, because, like, I didn't always love the Rorin stuff when I was younger. Like, there, I, there was a few times where I read the book. Um, and I actually, like, skipped or skimmed through Roran's stuff. <laughs> Which I'm surprised by because I, that's where shit's happening. For, the for, for especially in the first half of this book, mm-hmm. once Aragon, once, once Murtag and the twins are killed, uh, Aragon is, there's no tension really in Aragon's plotline. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's actually it's really interesting. Aragon's trip north to Dualdenvarden is so conflictless after they leave the dwarves. But even the like that that conflict is so random, and it's like from characters that we don't really know who who admittedly aren't going to do anything. And so it's it's sort of a weird. The Aragon's plotline is just sort of learning. Yeah, which is that's which exactly is, what it is. Which is necessary. I get why it's in the books. Yeah, but. I I think it is fun because of how it's broken up with Rorin's action, mm-hmm. and if I were to skip over the the, the stuff that the, the stuff that breaks it up, I would just be like, oh, we're still here with Oramis. <laughs> we're it's been like three hundred pages. And we are here with Oramis. Yeah, I do. Though I do I do think that Pelini finds a way to to make that to make it interesting, right? Because you're like, oh, I have to read about some guy like learning shit for you know like half of this monstrosity yeah. uh, I think it it had the potential to be incredibly boring um, and it was not so uh, you know props props to Paolini for, for making that work I w- that's tough I will say I related more with Aragon on his issues with Sephira when I was 15 sure and now that I'm 31 I'm like dude grow the fuck up well yeah cause he is 16 <laughs> no I and I totally get that this is this is not a commentary on the writing yeah it is a commentary on the fact that I've aged where I'm looking at him being like you know what man like I get it she's so hot yeah move on <laughs> just there's you can date so many other people in this world mm-hmm. you re- you really don't have to just like ruin your friendship with this woman because you fucking don't know how to be a 
human to her. Yeah, it's like the first time that he's ever felt like romantic attraction or like love towards somebody. And he's like, I don't know how to deal with this. Yeah. Which I get. We, we, I mean, we've all been there. Uh, Chris Leaping says, parent storyline in Shadow Rising or Roran storyline in Eldest, uh, they're the same picture. <laughs> hmm. They are. They're, they're very, But they're, very they're also not, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I think that, like, to, to, to boil parents like, homecoming storyline with the, to, 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 any, I'm going to protect my town against the the larger threat i think you you get into kind of a weird that that's just a thing in all not even just fantasy right that's just all fiction um and so yeah perrin perrin's protection of his hometown is the same as you know seven samurai is the same as that 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 is just a narrative that we like as humans the underdog town against the large invading force is just star wars does it like nine times in the clone wars like literally, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, At so I, I don't know. I, I, I think that the comparison is there because it's they, they both wield hammers. Um, well, but... and they both like get their like uh, the, the love of their life kidnapped or whatever and have to go. That doesn't happen in Shadow Rising. No, no. No, Fayil rides but... in as the, like the like. Fayil comes back into that fight having brought in. The, yeah, like, I just Terran mean their characters. Like there are a lot of parallels um, in their in their storyline. Arzu, thank you for that super chat. I actually wondered to myself why I'm not more bored, considering there's no plot conflict uh, for Aragon through so much of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the, fair. the plot conflict is: can I pay enough attention to my studies? But Arya's here. Yeah, and, like there's a and also like, like I have a wound. And and, uh, and we'll get his, to the wound later. We're, we're, and like watching his deterioration is like heartbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, this is the one, this is the guy who's got to do the thing, and he can't do the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I always, I always like my my favorite part has always been uh, the Agati Bloodrun, and so like, I, like I I. I get like fucking. I fucking get like vamped up whenever I read it. I'm like, you yeah, get vamped yeah. Up? I'm like, yeah. You got this. Like, I get. I get like emotional. You you call getting emotional getting vamped up? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Does that make sense? You you become a vampire? No. What is vamped? You know how like music vamps. It like swells. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not what a vamp is. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. A vamp is when you have... (laughs) What? A vamp is when you repeat the same bars to hold for text or dialogue. It's when you build it... It's also a vamp, yeah. It's I'm talking about, like... (laughs) No one says vamp. (laughs) What do you mean? Yes, they do. No, it's... We got... We get amped up. Or we get... It, where we're in a vamp. No. But you don't get vamped up. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> no. Yes, you do. People say that. Nobody says that. <laughs> I, I, I think the I only him. place you can get vamped up in is like True Blood. <laughs> well, or like Twilight, but I, that's we're not. No, because they don't get series. excited about anything in Twilight. They're so like, Bella, 
Bella, I watched you sleep last night, 16-year-old girl. I mean, they get excited. I've been alive since 1896, and I crept in your bedroom last night, and I watched you sleep, little girl. Should we do Twilight for next book club? <laughs> no, I would I would love it, but... Uh, thank you, Garlic. Garlic is, is on is on my side. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I freaking love that part of the book, but, like, Arzu makes a good we're, point we're, that we're there's not... We're gonna fight when we get there. We're, we're going to fight? Yeah. Oh, oh no. Okay. I like that scene a lot, but we're going to talk about narratively how I think it doesn't really work. Really? Wow. Yeah. It is my favorite part of this whole series. And um, I think the scene is amazing. Uh-huh. I just think it is very unearned. And so we'll just, we'll get into it when we get there. Um, should we start at the top of the book? Uh, yeah, sure. Unless you have anything else to to touch on Arizu's super chat. Uh... I agree with ours. There's very little going on in this book. Yeah. In a very strange way. Which um, is like, I'm but it like, works. I'm like, why is it so successful? And I think it's just because like we're learning so much about like the elves. Like there's there's such a shift in like who Aragon is as a character, even though there are not like things happening. That I think that that keeps the keeps the momentum. Up. Yeah, and I think the world building is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and like, look, you can say like. I know that people call Paolini a plagiarist. I don't really think it's plagiarism, right? I think that he is yeah. definitely playing in the world of fantasy tropes in a way that, you know, if you've read fantasy, like, oh my God, this is like Perrin. This is like this. This is like this. Yeah. But I, I think that he roots it all in some really emotional storytelling that uh, allows the characters to feel relatable. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, like, Oramis, despite being this ancient elf, is a very relatable person who, you know, is sort of we've all seen even if you're young you've seen your grandparents not be the people they used to be right right like the the there's a real human side of everybody in this mm-hmm. um and i think that that's the strength of uh how he world builds is yeah. it's really about like what is the human connection between people yeah and i, I also think that there's things like um uh, there, there, there's some really smart choices that are made. Let's get into it because I, I want to talk about the smart choices as we go through them. I don't want right. to just talk about them all. Yeah. Now. Do we want to, which which storyline do we want to talk about first? Um. Let's 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 work smallest to biggest. Okay, so we're gonna talk well, no, about well no because Nasuada comes in at chapter thirty five. Let's sure, talk about but it's else. very easy to talk about. Yeah, so Nasuada is in Serta. Yep, they've um, moved all of the Varden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And the king won't give them more money. So uh, she's like, all right, well, my magic users are going to make lace. Yeah. And we're going to sell lace. She gets inspired because Orin is like this, like, um, tinker, experimenter, Mm -hmm. like, science-minded person who's like, I discovered a vacuum. Uh, And I was like... He's like, there is nothing in this tube. And they're like, sure, how, why does that fucking matter right now? We're in a war. Uh, it's also interesting, though, because they're like, well, no, there's air in the tube. Which yeah. is interesting because for a lot of human history, we thought that air was nothing. So yeah. we, we didn't even know what that He's was. He's already one step ahead He's of ahead. Where, where we were. Also, uh, I, this, this book does that a couple of times where, like, Aragon uses magic to discover... Um, Microbiology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, maggots like hatch. They don't like grow, like, and and shit like that. And you're like, like that, like watching him like learn things 
through through a different way than obviously we have discovered it as humans, but like still learning those things, I I I find very funny every time. I just I always love when fantasy authors try to add like modern science into fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes I find it like goofy. But I think that because it's literal magic, yeah. I'm like, oh okay, yeah, I could see how you could just dis- microbiology is life. Like I could see how this would work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're like in Orin's um, laboratory, and she mm, yeah. she spills some stuff, and it like burns away her lace, and she's like, "Oh darn, this lace is very expensive." Wait a second, uh, she calls in Triana, who is like now leading uh, Dufrangergata, um, and is like, "I need you to make lace," and she's like, "Absolutely, why the fuck would we do that?" And she's like, "Because we need money to pay for things." And Triana's like, oh, that's actually, like, not a bad idea. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. It feels like this is the first time in Allegasia that a magic user has thought about or has been prompted to make money with magic. Yeah. Which feels very funny to me. Like, she's yeah. like, no, well, because, we do magic for free. Why would we Why would we? Because at the time of this? the writers, nobody really, like... It, it's it's thought of as uh, almost being like paradise. Like everyone was like taking care of well enough. Like that and was so hundred years ago. Yes. I'm like yes. Ajahad. Why and Galvatorix like Galvatorix like wiped out so many of the people who know how to use magic. And so yeah, there yeah. would only be a, a a limited number of people in that hundred years who could use magic and maybe didn't want to draw attention to themselves. And so yeah, I I don't know if what anyone ever was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna become a fucking oh, millionaire that's interesting. Yeah, I've heard, with magic. I, I didn't think about like the the hiding aspect of it. Yeah, you don't want to draw attention to yourself when like you know the king is like a spellcaster and like uh, you know magic's not like forbidden by any means. But uh, I don't know, I wouldn't. Um, Blige Monkey <laughs> says they should have been selling Quendalar. Yeah. Which, um, look, I, I get that you could draw parallels between those two stories. Mm-hmm. I will say, at the very least, the lace comes back in this book. True. Because the Quendalar does not. never did. They yeah. spend so much fucking time in the Wheel of Time being like, she figured it out. We're going to do it to do... And then it, and then it does one thing is and it's never is important captured. again. Yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. It is never brought up. Like, Quendalar, I don't think the word is mentioned in the last three books. Unless it's in regards to the seals. I don't even know if they're called Quendalar after that point. Which is uh, which is interesting because, like, I guess, like, Egwene could have just tried to mend the seals if she knows how to make Quendalar, but, um, I don't know. It, it never comes up again. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. least the lace. At least the lace comes back in a very cool scene that we're going to talk about pretty quick here. Um, later on, uh, she goes to visit Elva. Yeah, and Elva is the child that uh, Aragon uh, cursed, blessed, uh, and uh, because ruined he didn't her understand. life. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand <laughs> grammar. Uh, he he was not <laughs> trained in grammar. Uh, Brahm just had him memorize a bunch of shit and. Uh, Turns out that uh, Elva has been turned into a shield for other people's hearts and misfortunes. Which is, yeah, th- there's a lot in this book. Which is th- horrifying. That is like Aragon being like, well, if I'd fuck, if Brahm had fucking taught me anything properly. <laughs> I know. Like, they spent weeks on the road. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that Brahm just like didn't explain. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. And you're like, We Brahm, talked about this last week. Terrible at this. Yeah, Brom was not a great teacher. Yeah. Do we love him? Yes, we do. But like, mm. he's. I mean, I, I I love him. I think his character Tolerate is him. more interesting yeah, because yeah. of the flaws. <laughs> but yeah, he fucked up, and uh, Elva is a is a consequence partially of that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she, like, Nazwata, like, walks in the room, and there's, like, a girl who looks like she's, like, three or four, and she's like, where, where is the baby? Um, and she's not, she's not a baby. She grew up because yeah. she was, like, it hurt too much. And then I learned to talk last week, and I've been waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, I, Elva being like, use me, <laughs> use me as a weapon. Let me kill the men's and the the, the soldiers of Galbatorix. Gets so into such a weird. Um, rereading this, it's such an interesting like concept mm. that gets into how do you. I can see how she can be used in self defense. Uh huh. I don't actually understand how you could use her as an assassin, because. The person in danger mm-hmm. in that situation is not the person sending her to assassinate. It is the person she's assassinating. Yeah, but so she by can... asking her to assassinate somebody, you are actually becoming the threat in the situation, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Yeah, which she can resist, but it like it hurts her, right? Because Elvo's strength is that she can sense all the people around her. Like and so yeah, mm-hmm. but but it's not. It, but you can be very. Her power sneaky. doesn't discriminate between the other side of the field and her side of the field. Yes, and so it would be like incredibly <laughs> painful for her to to carry out an assassination. It just it seems like assassin isn't a good role for her. And it's more. Her, I think it's less her, assassin like, in like killing somebody, but in mm-hmm. like more manipulation, right? Because when she saves Nazuada in like the the next little bit that we're gonna talk about, she like she uh, Nazuada's like, "How did you get away from your like your caretaker?" She's like, "I told her what I wanted her to, to what I wanted her to hear." What and she no no no. What she, what she, she wanted, wanted to hear. To hear. Yeah, um, that's a very important. Sorry, distinction. yeah, right. what she wanted to hear, and I was able to do whatever the fuck I want. I, she's mm-hmm. able to manipulate people, and so you know maybe a. But that isn't, isn't causing harm, right? It's very specifically, mm-hmm. she does not cause harm to her caretaker in doing so. No, but and she does even, know how to harm people, even without physically harming them. Yes, but in in the moment where after so Naswada is uh, nearly killed, um, a couple chapters later, and uh, Elva breaks into the room and saves Naswada. Nas- or uh, Elva reveals to Nasawada where the person who did it is because she has some like limited form of precognition, and she says, "Go get him before I try and stop you." Yeah, because I can't control it. Yeah, and so I. I, I mean, she is controlling it. Not really, though. Like even she's like, "Go now, so that I can't get involved because mm-hmm. I will be forced to." And so I, I think that like court defender bodyguard that those are better roles for her than like assassin for sure where like if you send her out on her own she might get to the empire realize that she's the danger and then have to turn around and go back to serta and she'll just get caught in between the empire and serta going i'm well these people want me to kill these people so i'm gonna go oh wait no they're in danger now so i'm gonna go kill these oh fuck no they're in danger now and that's why she's like literally give me anything to make this war end Oh She's yeah, like, yeah, whatever we have to do, it needs to end immediately, or I'm gonna go mad. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> nah, uh, that's nah, a joke. Nah. I have no idea what happened to Elva. Really, I okay. don't remember her. Fun. At all. I remember I love that. I remember the. I remember this reveal. Yeah. I remember the reveal that she's cursed. Uh-huh. From reading it, I don't actually remember anything she does after this point. Okay. Like, at all. 
She, she. I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying. Yeah, yeah. Here's the yeah. thing. I'm not mad that I have forgotten the book, right? Like, I'm enjoying that for me, this book is a. <clears throat> it's almost like reading it for the first time. There's a couple of reveals I know. It's it's like sure, reading it for the yeah. first time, but a friend has like told me a couple things about it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm really liking that. Uh, Ryan, oh, thank you so much for that super duper chat. All hail my boy Roran Stronghammer. Also, just wanted to say Aragon the movie is not that bad, and I think it's a better adaptation than the Wheel of Time show. That's that's. I, that, that is that is a hot take. You may sir. now fail fire and dragon fire me to death. I understand my fate in saying this. I think that I think that um, Look, it depends on what you mean by adaptation. Yeah. I would argue uh, the events of the Aragon movie are closer to the events of the book than the Wheel of Time show is. Yeah, I guess. I would argue that thematically, because how much could they change in like ninety minutes? <laughs> You can change a lot over well, and, and 16 Aragon, hours. Like, the plot of Aragon is boy finds dragon egg, dragon grows up, they flee hometown, they yeah, travel, they Brom gets killed, and then they fight Durza under the mountain. Like, the, 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 the actual plot of the, of the book and the plot of the movie are very similar. Now, a lot of the, a lot of the little things are changed, right? And I agree with that. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily think the quality of the movie is very good. But when it comes to the Wheel of Time show, the Honestly, plot Wheel of Time is, looks better. <laughs> the plot is functionally very different. Yeah, then it, yeah. Right? Yeah, like, the, yeah. as if you, it depends on what you mean by adaptation. If you're talking about adapting the themes, well, I would actually probably still give that to God, but, um, because the show's just, the Wheel of Time show is about a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it, it is its own thing. It cannot be the books because of just the vastness of the books. Um, I would say but the, the Wheel quality of, time... of acting, other than Jeremy Irons, is better in Wheel of Time. Yes, absolutely. Um, here's the thing. The Wheel of Time show never made me cry because I was so upset and it ruined my birthday. So I like I I have like a vehement um hate for the Aragon movie for ruining my birthday. Um but uh, you're allowed to You, you need to say that because Sir Valini at some point be like, uh, yeah. Sir, you ruined my birthday. Well no, Palini just signed away the he was I like, know, Yeah, do whatever just you kidding. want and then was like, I have regrets. I just made that joke because I have no idea who directed the movie. Uh he never directed ever again. So wait, really? Yes, really. Oh my god! Who I was looked it? it up. Yeah, go for it. Go look it up. But uh, Brian, thank you for that super duper chat to match this super duper book. We like we like color color matching. Um, um thank you, thank you so much. Thank I, you. That yeah, that's an incredible super chat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um. Yeah. It, yeah. Like I like it is a hot take, but I I think it's completely defensible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, Bilge Monk? It's because no one else in that movie was memorable except for Rumpelstiltskin. Um, as uh, as Durza, he was he was decent. Um, but yeah. oh no, he's a great actor. Yeah, no, he's awesome. Durza, yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's he's not memorable in that movie because Durza's kind of a nothing, whatever. This is gonna kill you. What? Oh wait, no, he didn't direct again. He he works. Does he work? Oh, yeah. He directed Aragon. And that's the only thing he directed. Yes. Yeah. But this is going to kill you. He was very involved in Game of Thrones. 
in 21 As episodes. a visual effects supervisor. That's a very important job. Yeah, but he didn't have to, like, make creative decisions in terms of plot and character. I, he's a he's a prolific visual effects person. Great, great. And I think that that's why he was given Aragon. They were like, you're going to make this dragon work. I honestly, okay. I think that that's what it was. Even though <clears throat> Air, even though Safira looks like shit in that movie, I'm not going to lie. She does not look, glitter. Look, 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 look. Is Aragon a good movie? No. No. Did this man work on the original Jurassic Park? I guess so. Was he the lead computer graphics supervisor? So, yeah, he's good at the, the This is what I'm looking, saying. But, but the dragon, the dinosaurs. Uh-huh. If you're doing the dragon movie, you hire the guy that did the dinosaurs for fucking Jurassic Park. I You know what I mean? Sure. He sure. also did Small Soldiers. What Galaxy Quest? Dude, I never mind. I, I'm t- Stephen Fangmeyer, I've turned around on you. Thank you so, so much for my childhood, my friend. Yeah, but he doesn't... Th- okay, it's fine. Arzu, thank you so much for that super chat. I appreciate the hugs. I, I cried when I was like 13, whenever the movie came out. Can't, I, I'm pretty sure I was 13. Um, it's fine. I, I'm over it now. But uh, the I, okay. movie is... Here, here's the thing. Don't watch the movie until we react to it. Yeah. Arzu, thank you so much for that super chat. Here's what I will say. He did the dragon for for Aragon. And she doesn't look like sapphires. And then he did the fucking dragons for Game of Thrones. And I think that if anyone, if anyone deserves a comeback story, it is this man. He turned it around. You know what I mean? All right. He, he made some of the most famous dragons in the world. All right. All right. Um, all right. We need to move on from that. Uh, what were we talking about? Elva. We're talking about Elva. Yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, so they they figure out what the fuck is up with Elva, and then things happen, time passes, and Nasuara is almost assassinated, but Elva fucking, like, cuts the shins of her guards and fights her way. She's like, notice numerous small cuts at the, like, bottom of their legs. And I was like, oh, did she just go, like, full, like... Just like knife their calves. Well, she's the size of a four-year-old. Yeah. So, so she's yeah, like this she big. can't reach above their knee. Like, um, they all. Uh, so this is where we discover that the uh, Triana goes to the place that Elva sends them, uh, and they find a uh, magic user who has been compelled into the service of Galbatorix, who is a member of the Black Hand. Yeah. Um, a member, uh, a group of um, sick band name. Uh. Yeah, uh, a group of sorcerers and others working within Serta to destabilize the Varden. They yep. don't really come back in this book. After I thought that I thought the Black Hand was going to factor into the final fight somehow. Um, oh. They don't. No, we, they, no. They will come up in later books, maybe, but yeah. uh, they're never really mentioned again. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that that's kind of Naswata's story. She's just kind of like in fucking Serta. Dealing with Orin's weird science shit and yep. being assassinated and um, yeah. waiting, waiting for something to happen. Well, they so they their reports say that like Galbatorix's army is still in the barracks, and it turns out uh, that is not the case. Um, Orin gets a report that uh, Galbatorix's army is on their way, a hundred thousand strong, because uh, conscription. Um, and they're like, "Wow, what? How did we? How were we deceived?" Um, and they realize that the only person who would be strong enough to like make a like uh, mirage, like deception of that scale, would be Galbatorix. And so they believe that Galbatorix himself. Maybe on his way to wipe out the Varden. Daddy's home. Daddy's home, and so they uh they or uh, actually in this case, for... Daddy 
is in fact not home. He's not. He left. He left home. Um, and so they send for the dwarves. They send for the elves. Um, they send they for know, Aragon. It, it might be too late, but uh, yeah, that is that is Nazwada's storyline in this book. How do you feel about Nazwada? Now that we got through her whole story. Um, I mean, in this book, like, I don't think she's. I I, I like that we see her creativity and her like stubbornness people are like you can't pay for a war with lace and she's like why the fuck not or it's like because they won't write songs about you and she's like i don't give a fuck yeah, like, they will yeah lace rhymes with so many things are you kidding me bards are like itching to write about something new true yeah that's fair yeah no one's ever paid you know for a war with you lace. know who went into war with lace he went into the last fucking battle with lace <laughs> matt coffin yeah, so, got very then, accustomed to And there are that songs lace. written about him, so... So, yeah. Watch Wad Idol on the Dusty Wheel. Yeah. Uh, I, I mostly like Nasuada. Yeah, she's not giving I would much really like this. for her to, like, talk about Elva differently. What do you mean? Like, be a fucking adult. Nasuada's 17. She's 17? Pretty sure, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I thought she was older. Uh, I no, think, I, I think, yeah. The, the, the way that, like... She's, I think, sorry, I think she might be a few years older than Aragon, but, like, maybe 20. Interesting. I thought she was old. I thought she was, like, 23 or 24. Um, I just, I find her mm. to, I find her to be a little bit unlikable sometimes because of the way Paolini writes her inner monologue about other people. Um, and I wish that she was just a little bit more gracious particularly towards elva like i it, it kind of reminds me of some of the wheel of timeisms where i would be like you don't you don't have like your characters don't have to internally comment on people's physical appearance every time they see them you can kind of have that once and then like we know how that character feels about that person you mm. don't have to repeat it and it's kind of the repetition of like elva walked into the room and nasawada grimaced at her horrific visage and you're yeah. like Every time you don't have to do that every time because it makes right. <clears throat> what it does to me as a reader is it makes me go oh this character is kind of an asshole. Whereas if you comment on it once, it's like oh this character it notices something. Yeah. But if it, every time Elva speaks, there's a and this is how Nasuwata feels about it. Yeah. It kind of makes her feel pettier than I think she actually is. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't think the intention is there. It but it is the repetition that like enforces an idea about a character. Well, and, and Nasuata, the way she, that she thinks about magic users is, like, mm, potentially problematic, right? She's like, mm -hmm. well, the, they can't just... Like, she's, like, using them, but she doesn't trust any of them, which, like, fair, I wouldn't trust Triana either, and Angela's a little sus. But, um... She's the same age as Murtag, Arzu says. So she would be, yeah, 17. Yeah. Yeah. 17, 18... Because Aragon turns 16 in Aragon. So, yeah, we'll say she's 18. We'll say she's 18. But, yeah, uh, yeah, she's not, uh, she's definitely not, like, 25. Um, but, yeah, yeah, she's she's one of those people that's, like, ooh, like, it's, like, Avengers Civil War. <laughs> like, the magic users need to be governed, and we need to have them laws and registration and all that stuff. Which I agree with. The, the magic in this world is so horrifying. Mm -hmm. Like, as a magic system, the invasion of privacy element of Aragon's magic system makes it inherently immoral to exist, mm -hmm. right? Like, there is no version of what Aragon does that I, that is like, 
totally above board. He has to, literally has to, be a constant invasion of people's privacy in order to survive, which is so, like, necessary. And I'm not saying that I, I think that he shouldn't do that. I understand mm -hmm. why he has to. Yeah. It is a very bleak world where, of course, Galvatorx became a evil fascist. He feels like it is necessary to examine the internal private thoughts of every single person around him at all times mm -hmm. and can compel people to tell him their deepest, darkest secrets because he has magic. Like, it is such a, like, deep, statey kind of fantasy world that this is set in yeah. in such an interesting way, especially considering that it this book is written by a guy who was, like, he's a couple years older than me, so he was probably, like, 12 or 13 when 9-11 happened. And so oh, yeah. it is very fascinating to me to read a fantasy book that, because so much of the fantasy we read is from like post-World War II, right? Where it's like reacting to World War II and we're reacting to uh, World War One, right? With yeah. um, Lord of the Rings. Or, or in Robert Jordan's case, like there's such a deep connection to Vietnam in right. The Wheel of Time. Yeah. We're seeing the Patriot Act written from a person who was a child when the Patriot Act became such a prevalent part of American life, mm -hmm. written into a fantasy story, and you feel that with the oppressive way surveillance is used in these novels. Yeah. And I, I think that I don't know that this... Part of the reason why I don't think plagiarism is very fair towards Christopher Paolini is I don't know that you would have this surveillance element be as strong in a previous version of this novel. Yeah. If it had been written in the 90s, before 9-11. Yeah. This feels very post-9-11 to me, written into fantasy. Yeah. And I think that's a strength of the book, right? I think that it, it feels like a product of its time because of that. Um, sure. Ancient Hydra. Thank you so much for that super chat. Um, halfway through the audiobook, read it years ago. I remember this being my favorite of the four, mostly because of Roar and Storyline. I'll be watching later. We will catch you later. Enjoy that. Um, I do. I love Thank this Thank you, book. Hydra. We appreciate the super I love chat. this book so much. Um, yeah, that, I already said, it's such an interesting take. I, that's something that did not even cross my mind. Yeah, I don't know. But, I, like, that's, yeah, I, I totally see it. I just, I, I, I was trying to figure out why this feels different. Mm -hmm. than other fantasy novels with similar magic systems. Yeah. And, and that really stood out to me. And I think that it's because... Um, I, I, I think he's a couple years older than me. Um, I believe yes. But, you know, I, I'm of that same age where my my view on entertainment and media was so shaped by being, you know, nine years old when 9-11 happened, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that. that's such a massive part of um, my life. Yeah. And... So, I, I yeah, I, I really do... Well, he's 39, so yeah. Almost. Oh, okay, so he's eight years older than me. Yeah. So he would have been... Well, I mean, but yeah, he would have been 17 when 9-11 happened, yeah. right? Yeah, so, so he would have an interesting perspective on it. You know, the Patriot Act passed while he was in college. Yeah. That's a pretty big... Yeah, that's a pretty big time in your life, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think that there's just a really interesting... It, I didn't feel it as much in the first book. Because, right. Because the first book is a little bit simple and a little bit more derivative... But now that we're kind of getting into what makes this world different, which is, I think, what Eldest does really well mm -hmm. as a novel, that stands out more. Yeah, absolutely. And the lawnmower is back. We love every time we uh, do book club, they decide to cut the we grass. We moved off Fridays thinking that we would get away from this. And, and uh, no, here we are. Uh, yeah, no, that is fascinating. Never, never occurred to me. But I love it. I, I think that, uh, yeah. Because we learn that, like, Ormus is, like, 
Ormus is like, there are so many things that we don't teach to the young riders because, like, because if, if they turned out to have, like, um... Arzu, thank you for five gifted <gasps> members. Arzu, thank you so much. Let's go. Let's talk about Ormus when we get to Ormus because we're going sure, to yeah. spend time talking about you know his what? teachings. Absolutely fair. Absolutely uh, thank fair. you, Arzu. Appreciate that. You to be Hell yeah. Michael Kielski got one. Let's go, Michael. Nice. Um, uh, Emily Daniels says, I was in my mid-twenties and pregnant when 9-11 happened. And to imagine <sighs> that experience. Yeah, God, I, yeah, I really cannot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, that's not so it. Let's move on to Roar and let's do Aragon last. Yeah, yeah. You know, save that the best sense. for last. Yeah. <laughs> or, well, actually, I actually think Roran's plot Roran. is more interesting in this book. So. Yeah, there's just less to cover. Mm-hmm. So Roran, uh, we start actually with Roran going home. Yeah. And Roran sees his farm for the first time. Yep. Uh, and he's like, I'm I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make this a home for Katrina. Yeah. My wife. My, my future love. wife. <laughs> uh, and Katrina's like, how about you go like fucking talk to my dad, dude? And he's yeah. like, no, I'm poor. <laughs> he's like, I can't until I have something to offer, which like. Yeah. 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 Fair. That's how things worked. Uh, and so him and Balder are going hunting because, you know, it's, it's getting cold and they got to get some food on the table. Yeah. And while they're out in the woods, uh, they see the Razak. Yeah. And the Razak, which apparently are, I'm supposed to say Razak, um, but uh, I'm going to keep saying Razak. You don't have to say it quite like that. Razak. <laughs> and the Razak have brought, uh, like, like a handful of dudes. They brought a hockey team with them. Like thirty soldiers, yeah, some twenty to thirty soldiers. Nah. Okay, so not a hockey team. More like a like, it's not. It's too small to be a football team. Thirty's a lot for a hockey. Well, no, actually. I wouldn't know. Yeah, because a hockey team's like twenty-one. What's a What's a sports team that would have like thirty people on it? I fuck fuck if I know, baseball. I don't know. Mm, does baseball, would a baseball, no, because a baseball team only has like maybe 25. I don't, I literally Michael have Kioski, no Michael Kioski, thank you for that Michael super chat. Uh, happy happy Halloween. Halloween. I don't have a good pun, not having read the book. Um, whoever smelled this eldest, that's terrible. Yes, nailed it is. It. Terrible. I'm going to get back to work. Michael no, Kioski, thank you so much. We appreciate you. you. You nailed it. That was fantastic. Have a nice day at work. Thank you for that super chat. Oh my goodness! Um, uh, so yeah, they brought. We'll say they brought a large hockey team. Sure. They brought a hockey team during um, the training camp before people are cut uh, oh, okay. for the season. Gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. Uh, there are some less talented uh, players on the team, uh, but you know the numbers are pretty intimidating. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, Roran is like, oh hey, uh, Horst, hey hey guys, uh, the the Empire, they're here. And Horst is like, okay, well, go pretend you're hunting, and uh, we'll tell them that you're not here. Yeah. And How so long does. is that going to last? Like a week. Yeah. Yeah, like barely. Uh, because, like, a few days later, um, one of the soldiers, like, kills a villager. Uh, yeah. They, they, like, they, they, they light the town on fire by accident. The Razak eat the dead guy, and everyone's like, what the fuck is going on here? They're not going to leave. Yeah, that was incredibly dark. Yeah. But also, the fact that the Razak, like, didn't think to, like... The Razak seem kind of dumb here. Oh, they do not give a fuck. I know that they don't give a fuck. I, I get that they don't give a fuck. Yeah. It seems like Galbatorix wants them to not be in... Wants them to be a secret a little bit. 
No. And they are they are consistently showing themselves to not be good at that. Like so many of Galbatorix's problems in the series would not be problems if the Razak weren't morons. I mean, they're not like morons. They, they just are like absolutely literally all of the main heroes end up working against Galbatorix because the Razak keep doing insanely stupid things. Yeah, because they like to eat people. Yeah, no, no, no. Again, I get why. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that they would have caught Aragon if they had hung around for like three hours, and Roran yeah. and them wouldn't have known that they were super evil if they hadn't consumed the man and then sent his bones back with bite marks on them. Yeah, they were hungry. They keep doing things to send people. Like Galbatorx is really needs to check up on the Razak's methods because mm-hmm. it's causing him a lot of problems, and he should have won this series. Man, maybe he does in Bressing Armor. I don't remember how it ends. But the the he really everything goes wrong for Galbatorix because the Razak do some really stupid shit. Uh yeah. Yeah. They've been like given free reign for the last like hundred years. Yeah. And, well, not 100 man, years, we gotta talk about we gotta talk about your fascism, man. They have to be less than twenty years old. Um but twenty five. No. Twenty is when they turn into the Lethabaka. Oh, I thought it was 25. Okay. No, I said uh, 20 years. So the Razak have to be younger, l- less than 20 years old, but their parents have been around. Um, so, yeah, they're just... And, and the Razak are not as smart as their parents either. They're, they're, mm-hmm. Their literal function is just to hunt humans. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really all that they're they They're pretty good about. at it. Yeah. They're just really bad at it as well. Yeah. Uh, they're bad at, like, well, I, I don't know. I, I think they did exactly what they wanted to. Did they? Yeah, they ate the guy. Oh, I, I get that that's what they wanted. I think that they incite the rebellion against them, though, right? Oh, for and sure. So it, they it's, are, it's like they bad. are so cocky. They're like, these are a bunch of random villagers. They're, they literally can't do anything to us. I know, but if you're going to a town to tell that town mm-hmm. to hand over somebody uh-huh. and you take somebody, eat him and give him back, and then you're like, but we need you to hand over that other person that you love, the townspeople aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, we definitely want to give you Roran. The townspeople are going to be like, uh, hey, we love Roran. We do not want to see him get eaten like our friend, so we're going to resist you. Yeah, but and then the Razak... what happens. It's, it's, yeah, it's, but it's the Razak perfectly... are like... I know, but if the Razak thought... Uh-huh. For like one second, they would come to the conclusion that maybe eating the person and sending the bones back with bite marks on it would not uh, make the townspeople want to give them more people. I don't know. I think it's an intimidation thing. You go into a, you go into a town and you kind of fuck shit up a little bit and be like, yeah, if you don't do what we want and hand this person over, you're all going to get eaten. And a lot of people will be like, yeah, okay, like if it saves my life. But the blood of Manethrin runs deep in these people. And right, so they're right, not going right. to stand for that shit. You're right. We, we, guys, Carvajal rallies and it's a good time. But, uh, yeah, no, the, the, the Razak are very, very cocky. Um, I just, I fundamentally disagree with that idea. I think that intimidation, I think that intimidation ceases working when you, t- when you go too far. Right, mm. and and I think that that's the Razak's problem is they think they that they just need to be scarier and scarier and scarier. Yeah, and that that that's not how humans react to things. There is there is a point of no return where humans go, nah, fuck this, we're gonna beat the shit out of you, mm-hmm. and we know that because human history, right? Like yeah. human, there are, there are a large number of people 
in our species who would much rather die than give in on fucking anything. Fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? There are Americans who could be getting shot with an AR-15 by some psychopath that should not have a gun, and as they're dying, their final words Freedom. would be, it wasn't the guns, yeah, as they're yeah. being peppered with, you know what I mean? And, like, that's dark, and I'm sorry. But, like, human beings are stubborn as fuck. Yeah. And small towns are the most stubborn people on the planet. They just fucking are. Yeah. In yeah, every yeah. culture, the smaller the town, the more stubborn the people. We all know it to be true. Yeah. Fantasy likes to make it that it's like the blood of the like old people. No, it's just small towns. <laughs> it's just fucking, it, it's just every small town. Uh -huh. They're all the fucking same. The, the people there are stubborn. That's why they live in small towns. Because <laughs> they refuse to leave and go to a place where other people exist. True. The Rizak fuck up here. Again. Yeah. And Roran gets away and gets to the Varden. It is the second member of this family yeah. that has made it to the Varden to oppose Galvatorix because the Razak fucked up. Yeah, they are. Uh, the soldiers start a fire and Roran is like, oh shit. And he comes back because he's like, I can't let people get hurt for me. Eric says never go full Night Lords. I'm sure you get that reference. I, I don't. I oh. thought you would. Oh, okay. I don't know, I don't know either. Is. Sorry, Eric. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so the, he, he goes back to the village and they're like, we're going to fuck up the the soldiers. Well, the, 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 a soldier burns down like half of Carvajal. Yeah, and they're like, these guys got to get out yeah. of here. Uh, there's a reason that we'll hang someone who is careless with fire. And I was like, okay. And so Roran. That's a hanging offense. Roran. And this is this is the only part of Roran's story that uh, wish I wish there was just a reason. For? Roran picks up a hammer uh -huh. and becomes a fucking like, god of fighting. Yeah. And I just wish there was anything. Like, at least with Perrin, the hammer and the axe are built into the fact that he was a blacksmith. And he's like, I am comfortable with this hammer because I have been working with a hammer since I was, like, in diapers. Uh-huh. Roran just is like, I'm gonna use a hammer. And then he kills men with swords with a hammer immediately. Yep. And he's like, I know how to do this. And I'm like, at least Aragon trained for... Weeks months and months, yes, yes. With the best swordsman on the planet. And I kind uh, of... Brahm is not the best, but... Sure, but you know what I mean. Like, him and Murtag are like... Murtag is like also an incredible human swordsman. For sure. Like, we, we got the explanation he for... He pulls a mat! He pulls a mat. Yeah, but Matt at least... At least they retcon in that Matt's dad taught him. Sure. And I think that what should have happened here is that they just say that since Garrow's death, Perrin has been... <laughs> sorry, Roran... Has been fucking around with a hammer so that it never happens again in his... Or you know that, I mean? like, he, he like, worked with Horst for a few summers or something, like... There is so much time unaccounted for between Garrow's death and when we meet Roran again that, they, that it would have been very easy to just say that he's been... Not really. Roran comes back right away and goes to his farm. What like are the... you talking about? There's literally months... No, the beginning of this book is, like, back during, like, Aragon. Like, a, of Roran's story. No, it's not. Because Roran goes to Theronsford, right? And then yeah. gets this thing, gets the letter that uh, Garrow is dead, and then comes back and we see him go to see the farm. It's still been months, though. Has it been that long? It has to, because they get to fucking, um, they get to the big fight at the end of the book at the same time. Yeah, but there's like weeks that pass in both like I'm POV, saying that so I actually are... don't know how much time passes. 
All I'm saying is that it's very, it would have been very easy to say that since Garrow died, mm-hmm. it would have been very easy to say Garrow died. There are evil people who killed him. Mm-hmm. Roran has been... Roran and the boys of Carvajal have been practicing fighting so that this never happens again. Right. Right? Um, they, they've been, they've been like, sparring and, like, trying to... It, it just would have been very easy to justify that these characters have spent the time that Aragon was flying around doing fucking loop-de-loops falling for an elf. Practicing and, like, getting good at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arazu does say it has been months. You're, you're right, you're right. He hasn't seen the farm in a long time, so... You know what I mean? It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. The, the time yeah. is built into the series to just say that they've been doing that, and instead Roran is just like, I have... I'm raging like a barbarian when I go into fights, and I take half oh. piercing damage. Oh, if 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 this was D&D, Roran would be a barbarian. Yeah, because he keeps being like, the, the bloodlust comes over me, and I just fucking murder everything. <laughs> just go for it. I've never learned how to fight. This is... The old blood. Yeah, it's the blood of Manethrin, obviously. Um, <laughs> yep, so he picks up a hammer. They fight off the soldiers. Uh, the the Razak say, you can hand over Roran or we'll eat all of you. Um, and if, so... The- well, here's the thing as well. The, yeah, they're kind of assholes. They're like, if you hand over Roran, we'll sell you as slaves. If you don't hand over Roran, we'll eat you. And it's like, well... Okay, well, Neither we're, of those we're options are fight. Great. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've not provided us option with an three. option. Yeah, yeah. To, <laughs> we're gonna make up our own option. I um, would. I here. I I will be very honest. I would rather die on the battlefield than be eaten or enslaved. Yep. I, yep. Maybe absolutely. that's crazy to say. No, but. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a right with you there. Um, and the soldiers. At least I, I'm I'm six four. I'll give you I'll give you a fight. That's you true. know what I mean. I'll put in the work. I will do my best. You tell me that my I'm gonna get eaten if I lose. Oh, I'm gonna fight hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really gonna. That's a, that's adrenaline. That's like. It's ooh, gonna get me going till the last gasp. Yep. Uh, the soldiers. Um, the villagers. Are, uh, we it's it's time to cut down, the 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 math, <laughs> the on math what they mathing. say happens in one day. It's great. I love it. Is fucking nonsense. I love that Roran is like, we're gonna build a wall. <laughs> gonna build me a wall. Um, and make it ten feet high. And, and the villagers are like, what? No! How can we possibly do that? And Roran is like, if each of you takes one hour to knock down a tree, then like we're Gucci. And they're like, how dare you say it's gonna take us a whole hour? I haven't taken that long since I was a child. And you're like, well then why did you fucking complain? It isn't. <laughs> It isn't the cutting down trees. Uh, no, it's the like building the wall no, and the trenches. No, it's the digging the, the fucking. Do you know how long it takes to dig a trench around a town? I do not. Even but also, if, it's a very small town. It's three hundred people. Yeah. It's that's not small. Do you, the trenches digging takes so much time. It takes so much fucking time, and they're like, "We're gonna get this but, done in about four oh, hours." And I was like, "But here's what the thing: are we talking about? so many of them are farmers that actual Carvajal is maybe like fifty houses, like maybe, no, not even I, that many. That would it would be like maybe like thirty houses. I, I understand what you're saying. The idea that you would build a trench and cut down a shit ton of trees Uh and sharpen all the tree's branches and lay brambles over those in one day, a day, (laughs) in fucking insanity. Nah, they they, they rally. This is not D&D where you've got the druid using move earth to fucking just build you a fucking trench. These people, like... It can, oh yeah, I, I was, and I mean, it's the fine, defenses don't it work literally doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter at all. But like, I was reading this like, 
They use what fireworks the for the trenches, obviously. Oh, right, 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 right. They pack them deep. And yeah, then... explosives. I love it. But yeah, so they, 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 they build the they most build insane defense system possible. Yeah. Um, and then Roran cries about his murder. And then Katrina's like, it's which is okay. A, no, great scene. Oh, no, it is I, great. I really appreciated Roran's um, response to killing. I thought mm. it was really well handled. And I think it says a lot about... Um, I think it says a lot about the family. Uh, yeah, okay. Eric Munson says, that depends entirely on the soil type. Sandy soil, not a problem. Clay soil, I think you mean. Uh, forget it. It's almost winter. That shit, they're, they're, they're probably digging through, like, frost. No, 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 no. Winter just ended. Okay, it's still, I'm, they, I, they I live, is, they're, they're in the far north in a mountain range. Yeah. It's, that's, that's fucking digging. That, that's not, like, fucking easy shit. It does not matter. It 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 so doesn't matter. It's just yeah. goofy. Um, it's fun, but yeah, Roran has this moment with Katrina where he's like, "I like I killed people." Yeah. Like, and I, she's like, "Yeah," and I'm fucking turned on as fuck right now, boy. Okay, that's not how it goes. I'm fucking um, moist, but probably. Um, and he's like, "Will you marry me?" And she's like, "Okay, fine." Yeah. Okay, fine. If you insist. Well, no, she actually like threatens him into it. So, <laughs> I it's She's not a like, like I'll go fuck somebody else if you don't ask me. If you don't do this, my father, I will marry one of the people my father says I have to marry. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so, so now they're engaged in secret. Roran is like, all right, we've we've built our defenses. We got to get these kiddos up to the mountain. Yeah. They're going to go stand on top of a waterfall and watch all the men of their families die. Well, it's better than, you know, also dying, I guess. Oh, no, 100%. Um, they don't have tinkers to run away with the kids if things get bad. So exactly. This makes exactly. sense. Uh, but uh, Roran wants Katrina to go and protect the kiddos. And Katrina's like, my dad's well, fucking not going to let me do that. Because the soldiers break through their, like, wall or whatever, right? And, like, a kid dies. And Ron is like, oh, fuck. Like, we we need to get we need to get people All of this arguing happens before that, though. No, no. The, um, yeah, they, the, 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 the first, the, they are preparing to get the kids out of town um, when the first attack happens, right? Um, I don't believe so. I believe that, like... It doesn't matter. It, yeah, regardless, um, the, they attack, and, like, uh, Roran and Sloane fight side by side, and he's like, oh, maybe this ain't so bad. Um, and then he's like, okay, but no, the kids and women need to oh, leave. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Um, and Sloane is like, over my fucking dead body. Um, and Roran is like, Katrina, I need you to go so that I feel better. And she's like, as long as you ask me to never leave again. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Which is which is such a weird ultimatum. Yeah, like I'll never do it again. It's like, is this the most danger you're gonna be in? I don't know. But also, like, do you do you also have magic fighting powers? Like mm -hmm. Katrina, do, do you learn immediately how to pick up a weapon? She's and then just a just redhead. Really... Yeah. I I I just was like Katrina, like, what are you? I understand the idea of like, no, I want to be here and fight with you. Yeah. In. A situation, I, I get it, but at the same time, it's like somebody needs to go watch those kids. Yeah. Oh. Oh. For sure. Like, for it's sure. It's not. A, it's not a less honorable position to have in this situation. Yeah. Blue, thank Blue, you for five thank gifted members. So much. I appreciate, appreciate it. That. Hell yeah! So much green in this chat. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I think Katrina's being a little bit unreasonable here. Yeah, they're kids. She's she's very ultimatum heavy. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think that it wouldn't bug me as much if she hadn't just made him an ultimatum. Fair. Katrina and Katrina and Rowan's relationship is a little it's bit just toxic. Ultimatums. Where Katrina just says like you you have to do this or else. Yeah. And I think that if it was one ultimatum or the other, I th- I don't think because the first one doesn't bug me as much. Yeah. It's the second one and then where the I'm like, second one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this is this like how you do all of your relationships? Is just like making dance. She's sixteen. Yeah. Oh, so she's Aragon's age. I thought she yeah. was older. Well, no, because Roran is only. Roran's two years older. Two years older. So he's eighteen. Yeah, and like him and Katrina are. Cl- yeah, I, yeah. So yeah, she's about sixteen. I just like guys. Okay, I'm gonna be very honest. If you are in a relationship where your partner frequently makes ultimatums to you, you need to get into couples counseling. Yeah, and you gotta talk about have that. Have a therapist shame them for that behavior. Shame. Yeah. Just get it. Just buy a bell. Ultimatums aren't healthy, and also like. Roran is being reasonable here. Yeah. But, like, I also, like, I wouldn't want to leave you in danger. And the so fuck it's you like. you would. I would be like, shut the fuck up. You're, you are small. Uh-huh. We're getting into a sword fight. And I will use my boat. No. Okay. Yeah, sure. If you're going to use your boat, get 40 paces back. Uh, I'm not letting anyone fucking near you. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where it's like. Yeah. Eric Munson says, I never give ultimatums unless you are ready to accept the outcome. People frequently aren't. Uh, facts. Uh, so Katrina is How like, How dare right. you break up with me over the situation I forced you into. Yeah, right. Where we, I told you that we were going to break up if How you didn't do exactly dare. what I said. You chose breakup? <clears throat> Unacceptable. You only have one choice. Um... Yeah, so Katrina is like, all right, I'm leaving. And Sloane but you have to like, tell my dad. Yeah, yeah. And Sloane is like, no, you're not leaving. And and Roran is like, she's leaving. And Sloane is like, you have no right. And Roran is like, I have every right. We're going to be married. And he's like, get fucking wrecked. I do love, I love though that in the first book, the, it is set up that like the whole town is going to fucking lose it if we do this. And then they, they do it. And problems. the rest of the town is like, Nah, we're pretty cool. Oh, no. <laughs> we're pretty chill. Immediately afterwards, there are people who come over and are like, are, are like, you did the wrong thing. Like, Roran says there's, like, many people who come over and congratulate them. And then there's also people who are like, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, but all of the people who are upset, other than Sloane, are people who I don't know who they are. So well, because they're not It named. has less impact. It, right. Yeah. Every every named character in town is a-okay with it. They're also dealing... Sloan. Yeah, they're dealing with bigger problems right now. Because mm-hmm. uh, Sloane makes Katrina choose between him and Roran, and she chooses Roran, and so Sloane disowns of her. of course you choose Roran. And, uh, Your dad's yeah. an asshole. Your dad kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, and so she's not going to get her inheritance, uh, yeah. which is like doilies. No, it's not. They literally say it's like the lace for your table. Well, yeah, it's like the things to make like a house into a home. Yeah, make new shit. Oh my god. What? It, it, whatever. It's Have a registry at like fucking, you know. <laughs> fucking the bay the hudson's bay yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. have your family give you some cookware how but many she has pots no family. do you need she has no family invite the whole town to the wedding we're all family now it's olive garden <laughs> i mean the old Carvel blood runs deep is, in them so i think there's a little bit of incest going on 
Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> oh, wait, wait. We have to talk about my favorite thing. So we get into Roran's POV. Yeah. And in book one, uh-huh. last week, I kind of said, like, it is strange for a town like this to have such a fully stocked blacksmithy. Yes. And then Roran's first POV. Explained. <laughs> Christopher Alini was like, yeah, this is the specific reason why this remote town has such a uh, fully stocked blacksmithy. Yeah. And I was like, I love, I love when my neurotic fucking, like, attention to detail brain picks up on something yeah. that a writer then explains away mm-hmm. that a writer then justifies right? they're like don't worry this makes sense and you're like <laughs> oh like, thank you it is weird that this fucking guy in the middle of nowhere has all of this metal brought to him why would he like what's the justification for needing to have all these ingots and shit and the book is like boom reason you're like well thank you I appreciate you. that 99.9% of the people who read the book don't fucking give a shit about that stuff but I do and so I like when authors get into the details about that <laughs> anyway. we like details attention to detail is sexy um Randy Rand says Americans might think you'll get furs from the Hudson's Bay you can actually get furs from the Hudson's Bay you yeah yeah they do sell fur, fur items. blankets and yeah. stuff yeah you could you could buy a nice um fur rug you absolutely could a fur jacket Hudson's Bay has kind of everything it's wild um that's why they're like, going out of business including like a hot food section like you can like go in what? they have like a food court the one downtown yeah they have like their own food court at eaton center yeah the one that's across but from the eaton center, center has a food court yeah you go right across and on the lowest level the, there's like the, the food court in the hudson's bay yeah <sighs> anyway um <laughs> so uh uh elaine is like hey Roran, you better not be fucking around with katrina because you just ruined her life um and he's like no no i actually love her and she's <laughs> and like, Roran's like oh, have you ever that? seen me talk to another woman yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah. wait there are no other women my age in this book yeah and we don't i love to- also aragon is like uh, in the aragon parts he's like yeah like i never got to like flirt with anyone in carvajal and i'm like who was there to flirt there's like, like seven people there's only other one named woman under the age of like th- 40 and uh, it's your brother's fiance. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then uh, 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 we don't need to add smut because uh, Katrina comes into Roran's room and they definitely get freaky. Um, you think they fuck? I mean... I think so, I too. Know. Yeah, it, yeah. I understand They're the, like, traditional... Married, right? Like... Yeah, but I also think that, like, in, in the, the quiet part of that night when they're like, we shouldn't do this, one of them goes... We might die. We're probably gonna die. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think they, yeah. I think they have sex. I think they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I know anything about seventeen-year-olds. And uh, much like a horror film, uh, they are immediately punished for having sex. Yes. Uh, because the Razak. The Razak come in break and in. they steal Katrina. Yeah. Because Sloane, fucking asshole, uh, killed uh, Bird and uh, let the soldiers in and told them where Rarin was. Oh, and... killed. Right, his name was Bird. I was like, he killed a bird. He killed a bird. Um, he killed the carrier pigeon. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, Sloane obviously is not very happy that, uh, Katrina was there in Roran's room. Definitely probably thought Roran would be alone. I don't know why he would think that, you dumb fuck. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, Sloane did not think that one through. He's not a very smart man. And in the loss of Katrina, Roran gets bit by the Razak's beak. Yes. Um, yes, snip snop. So, we have to get through this. There's so, there's, like, so much that happens so Roran is like, yo, uh, fucking these guys are going to kill us. Let's leave. Let's, Going in two days. Let's l- go through the spine. He gives the most epic speech of epic speeches. It's pretty fucking good. It's a good speech. Honestly, it's great. It's and all speech. the villagers are like, holy shit. Um, and uh, most yeah. of them go and the people that don't are dead. So that's sad. 
pretty much. Because there's more soldiers coming. The Razak fly away on the Leather Blacka, yeah. which uh, we don't know their names yet, and we don't know that they just fly away on their parents, which is... Right. I forgot we don't know that about... Yet. I completely forgot about that. Oh, okay. And fuck, that's so funny. <laughs> like, Daddy! You, as you get older, Daddy. you just become a fucking, like, you become your child's car. <laughs> Well, when you put it like that, it sounds hey, weird. Hey, kids, I've, I'm resigned to being the local school bus. Daddy, I need a ride. But also, like, and, and I think that maybe this is the problem with the Rizak as, like, a species, right? Is the only ones that can interact with the humans are the dumb ones. Because they get smarter when they become the leather blocker. Yes. Like, it literally is written in that, like, oh, no, no. The, the ones that you interact with are fucking idiots. It's their rides that are the intelligent ones. Yeah. But they don't go into town ever or do anything. They just are literally a mode of transportation. Pretty much. And so I, I feel mean, like they're the a little harder to sneak into town. You know what I mean? Like, if you saw that coming at you, you would not provide any information. I just think that the Razak are constantly going back to the leather blocker and are like, and they're like, hey, uh, how did uh, fighting for Galbatorix's cause go today? And the Razak like, this is what oh, we man. did. This is, and then the leather black are like, "Oh my god, I'm raising the fucking dumbest people on." You just I left. You found they... him. You found the fucking egg. You found his house. You found his. You had his dad. And you, you left. could have held his dad hostage to have him give you the egg. And you just fucking you left. Well, yeah, you had every I mean... advantage in the world, and you fucking let you fuck. Oh my god, my child is such a goddamn idiot. <laughs> But oh the, here's the thing. I don't think the leather blocker can talk. So they're just like, wee, 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 and you're like, I, sorry, I can't, Dad, I don't know what you're Wait, saying. Wait, so they, when, they, when, they, when they turn into their more intelligent form, they lose the ability to speak? I don't know if the leather blocker can talk. Like, actually. I think they might be able what to communicate telepathically, but I don't think they can talk out loud, which is why the Razak have to go into the towns, because the leather blocker can't say shit. Can you, can you imagine as you get older? They're just like, Ee! You just slowly become a car that can't speak. <laughs> it would be like if we turned into Transformers, but we're specifically Bumblebee, and could, as we get older, we can only communicate through radio sounds, and our children ride and around inside of us. Telepathy, okay? They, they got some tricks. <laughs> Uh, I love that. The lives are hell. Should should we ask? Uh, should should we should we write an email to Paolini and be like, "Hey, so are the leather block of the magic school bus?" Oh my god! I want you to do a I want you to do a mashup cosplay, and it's Mrs. Frizzle and a Razak. That is horrific. How dare you? Oh my god! That is so funny. Uh, yeah, I just I I want the scene with the two leather black uh, like mentally communicate. Their children are literally on their backs and they're mentally communicating. Like I I think we raised fucking I think we fucked up. And we fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Can which, we can which, we return them? Do you think the idiocy is from my side of the family or yours? It's like well we're from the same side of the family so. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, no, they lay eggs, so they must yeah. one of them lays eggs and one of them fertilizes. There must be a male and a female Razak. Yeah. Yep. Oh, but but they might be yeah. they might be brother and sister. Who knows? Where are we going today, Miss Frazackle? <laughs> Frazackle. Uh, that would be a mashup that nobody would understand, but I think is hilarious. Anyways, they leave Carvajal and they travel four months um, across the spine, and they finally get to Narda. Can I? Can I just? I'm gonna say really quickly here. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit disappointed that after everything we like built into. Um, 
uh, everything we built into the danger of the spine and the mystery of the missing army, that not only not only does nothing happen in the spine, it is just skipped over. Yeah, because the spine's actually not that scary. It's just a rumor that is scary. The spine is like a mountain range. Yeah, I, I get that. Mm -hmm. From a like fantasy world building point of view... They're like, don't worry about it. The spine, It would, don't it worry would about be it. like if, you know, it would be like if in the middle of the Lord of the Rings, they're like, oh, we'll take the Mines of Moria. And then it's like, on the other side of the Mines of Moria, you'd be like, oh, well, that was, that well, was easy. Only if nothing happened in the mines, you know what I mean? Then what are they, what is he going to describe? It was very cold. There were lots of trees. You can just, I know, but as the author, you can just put something there. Yeah. Something could have happened. You wanted this to be longer? I mean, length doesn't matter to me if it's good. Fair. That's you know what I mean? Like, I don't give a shit. I, I don't care if the book's longer or shorter if I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I just was kind of like, oh, they just oh they just made it through the spine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they made it through the spine. They go to Narda. Um, they hire a man called Clove and his barges um, and to sail them to Tyrim. They're like, we're transporting livestock. And Wait, isn't like, his name hey. Clovis? Clovis? Maybe. I don't know. When I was writing notes uh, very late, it, it was very late. Uh, Arzu says the books keep getting longer. Clovis, yeah. That is true. Yeah, no, I, th I, pr yeah, I think it's Clovis. Um, Nerdy just said size doesn't matter. It's true. Giggity. Uh, uh, hey, it, you can do a lot with very little. That's true. And you, you, sometimes you can do very little with a lot, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Facts. Uh, yeah, they hire Clovis. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Clovis. Um, and they're like, it's it's fine. It's livestock. Um, and he's like, all right, well, we'll leave tomorrow. <laughs> when Roran said, why can't I consider them livestock? I was like... <laughs> I am For their shepherd. so many reasons, my I, dude. I mean, there are that livestock was, with them. Th there isn't a lot of Christian imagery in this book, but, like, Roran being Jesus in that moment yeah. was very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I... He was like, it doesn't matter. It gets them on the boat. Like, he's like, oh, I'm, not, Clovis, I'm lying, but not lying. Like, Clovis really doesn't care that much. He, he would have said no if he'd known, obviously. Um, he definitely cares. He attacks Roran, and Roran is like, don't fucking do that again. And he's like, you know what? You're oh, right. Is, You're right. Is that why he attacks? Ah, oh, right, right. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. he attacks Roran because of the, the bells, the alarm. Uh, well, if I think after if the, alarm, the alarm bells and they pick up people. I think if the alarm like, bells hadn't gone off, it wouldn't. he wouldn't have attacked him, though. Maybe. I think it is the mixture of the two things. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Roran is like, if you hate the Empire, you'll want to help us. And he's like, oh, fuck, well, uh, like, what fucking choice do I have? Um, so yeah, they sail, uh, they, they... They kill some soldiers. They kill some they soldiers. They flee. Sail down to uh, Roran, Tyrm. Roran, uh, they see the... Oh, they see the message board for the first time. Oh, in Narda, yeah. There <laughs> is an image of Roran. Yeah. Which implies, kind of hilariously, that there is a sketch artist somewhere in the Empire that sat down with the Razak, mm -hmm. and the Razak <laughs> detailed what Roran looked like and Christopher Paolini, you are a coward for not giving us that scene. Yeah, it is authorial, uh, like malcontent. You, uh -huh. I, I want to draw you up on charges and take you before the Supreme Court for not giving us the scene where a Razak has to explain to an artist what Roran looks like. Yeah, because that is the funniest fucking that that is the funniest thing. I need it ever. I need it in my life. Also, like it's already in fucking Narda, this little fishing village in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it's been I mean, it's been weeks. They they it takes a long time to get through the spine. 
Yeah, but it also uh, like, takes a long time. His arm fully heals. Well, fully heals. It's not f- fully healed. And I, I get but... it. Like, the Razak is there. Like, I totally understand. I just, I, I fucking, I want the scene. I want it so bad. <laughs> of the Razak being like, yes, there's God, like, he's got, like, brown hair. And the guy's like, I'm working with charcoal. Color doesn't matter. Yeah, we don't, it's yeah, we sketch. don't have pencil crayons, you know? <laughs> and you just, you just see, like, this artist being like, is this it? And the Razak's like, ah, no, his chin is wrong. He had more of a, like, butt chin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it. He had a little bit of stubble, but it was, like, patchy. Uh, it's He's No, it's a, a little kid, bit... you know? <laughs> I want that scene. None of the scene. soldiers saw him, so it had to be the Razak. Well, here's the thing. The twins technically, like, saw Roran in Aragon's mind, so, like, they could have described him to Galbatorgs and the sketch artists. Um... But like so, so no, 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 no. Because in in your version, the Razak go all the way back to Urubain and then all the way to Narda. Well, yeah, they they they're flying no, they have, around. No, they have that sketch artist with them. Magic school bus. That sketch artist is oh, local. They like the, oh, it's a local sketch artist. It so it's has different to be. in every city. No, 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 the, no, no. The sketch is slightly different. I think it's, it's probably local. like probably like in one of like the towns just outside of the mountains. But sure. I, don't, I don't think those Razak are going all the way back to Urubain. Of and course then they all are. The They're reporting to, to the king. They've got ma- Oh, well, actually, they don't have magic. No. Why don't the Razak have a magic user with them to, to communicate? It doesn't matter. Um, it's so Because the Razak matter. probably eat everybody that they work with. They probably get hungry and are like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nightmare. The, the more we talk about them, the more I'm like, Galvatorix, there are, there are, you have better people for this. Like, Galvatrox literally has magicians. Yeah. <laughs> and instead he sends out Tweedledee and Tweedledum, <laughs> the two But they're scary, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I know, but being scary is less important than being effective, and they are without a doubt not effective. Yeah. yeah. They're really good at killing. Yeah. And they kill Braum, and that's great. Yeah. They do their job in one fucking instance. But in every other fucking thing they do, these fucking idiots uh, are so, the dumbest uh, motherfuckers. So, they get to Tyrm, and um, there's, like, a kid, that Mandolin, his mom is like, my son is turning they into a They support local artists. They support local artists. <laughs> of course they do. See, the Empire's vision, Galvatorx's vision, is, is truly beautiful. Um, <laughs> there's a thriving arts economy in his fascism. Why not? Maybe he is a lover of the arts. Um, oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, th- this kid's mom is like, Roran, my son, he won't listen to me and he's gambling all of our stuff. And Roran is like, alright, I'm gonna take that kid with him and teach him a lesson. Uh, they run into, they go into Tyrm. They're trying to find supplies. Um, and everything is way too fucking expensive. Yeah. Uh, they can't afford shit. And some guy is like, oh, you need supplies? There's an auction for poor old Joe Longshanks. I loved this. Yeah. I, I thought this was a, a really, look. I think that this is such a wonderful way to pay off something that was set up in the first book. Absolutely. And it allows two characters who do not know each other for any reason to meet in a place that um, that they there, there's not really a good reason for them to just run into each other. It would yeah. be very coincidence heavy. Yes. But the way we get there is, is not the a coincidence. Empire's it is fault. Well, and it's world building, right? Yeah. Like the, the Jode's difficulties are set up a full book ago with different characters. Yeah. And um, I, I think that that was just a really smart choice. Like I think that uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um. We did talk about we we said he met Clovis and they sailed on barges. Yeah. There wasn't I, a lot there. There's not they that much. We mentioned that he killed the soldiers and they saw the Razak in the sky. Yeah, 
we also mentioned that like Clovis like attacked Ron. Um, um, and so they go. Uh, they go to meet Jode. And Jode lets them in again because the butler keeps being like, Jode can't see anybody. And then Jode always wants to see people. He's very busy. Jode is so lonely. Yeah. He's just a lonely man. Well, because his just wife wants hates company. him right now. Like, <laughs> he just wants anyone to come say like, hi. He just needs human, human <laughs> connection. Um, but I do love that the reason that Roran is able to get to the Varden is like the Empire's fault. Because mm-hmm. if Jode hadn't been like um, destitute and bankrupt, yeah. uh, the, this would never have happened. Yeah. Um, and, and they're, they're doing pretty good on keeping what's going on secret. Obviously, yeah. Joe is like, I can't sell you shit because it's being auctioned. I That's don't own it. That's not how bankruptcy works. And uh. Uh, they're doing pretty good until Malden is like, yeah, our friend Gertrude wanted to see a herbalist. And he's like, wait, Gertrude? A boy named Aragon mentioned a Gertrude. Is it the same Gertrude? And then Joe is like, wait, you're Roaring. The, well, nor- the realizes, name Gertrude. Fi- he realizes that the, the, he's asking questions for what they need and is like, you're trying to transport a lot of people. Mm-hmm, yeah. And Ron is like, yes, and? And then they mention Gertrude. And I, I just I'm think assuming Joe's Gertrude, ability to remember a name that he heard seven months ago is He's very unmatched. well learned. Because like, I, I would be like, oh, I could never. never. I know like 12 Gertrudes. Could never. But if you're like a spy and you're sneaking stuff like, you know, out of the Empire yeah. to a rebellion... I feel like, you know, maybe you remember things like that. And maybe Gertrude is not a very common name. This is why I'm not a spy. Yeah, me neither. FBI, don't ask. No. And so Joe explains uh, to Ronan everything. He's like, oh, by the way, Aragon is a rider (laughs) with the dragon. Um, That's why they offered an earldom for his capture. Um, And uh, you're kind of fucked. So let's steal this ship and I'll go to the Varden together. I do love that this becomes like the Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. They're literally like, oh yeah, well, we'll just steal a pirate ship. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then we're going to ride past a magic whirlpool. Like, this is the most pirates there. Like, Joe. No, no, <laughs> the but. Boar's eye. If I. I'm not even joking. If I were to direct season two of the t- TV show, I would shoot all of this, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm, yeah. I would have the music. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the the. J- Roran goes on a Pirates of the Caribbean Disney, adventure. It is actually. They own the music. We, you could use the music if you wanted. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, I, I just, I, yeah, I think, uh, I think there's like a really fun element to them becoming pirates that I would play up. Yeah. The, 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 this doesn't really do it. There's kind of like one scene where they're like trying to row through past the thing. Um, because they do steal the ship. It isn't, it's not Well, they, they light the fucking shore on fire and like, you're like, we probably hurt some people, but. Uh, Joe finally comes clean with his wife. Yeah. And she's like, how can I ever trust you again? And he's like, please, I love you. He's like, you can't. Run away with me. Let me be a ride out of town. Let me be the place where you hide. We can make a home on the run. Run away with me. And, uh, she doesn't show up initially, but when they get down to the ship. She she gets there. She's late. Yeah, yeah. She she takes her time. She's she got a pack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like me trying to get anywhere. I have to yeah. put in an extra like 15, 20 minutes for Clarice to put stuff in her bag. Probably, yeah. Um, they realize the Razak are scared of water because they won't like fly do you think that off Helen, the shore. Huh? Do you think that Helen brings her ID when they go out? I don't think they have ID. I mean, they have sketch artists in every town, so. Yeah, so why would they have Can you imagine? You turn 16, you have to go sit for a portrait. Oh my for god! Your, for your driver's, for your carriage license. 
My carriage license. Mom, I'm... My boat license. I've been 16 for three weeks. I want to go get my carriage license. God, I hate that. Uh, the Empire chases them on sloops, which I only knew what they were because I played Puzzle Pirates as a kid. Um, yes? That just... Yeah. Puzzle Pirates is great. It's very fun. Um, the sloops chase them into a storm, and then the storm kind of buys them a bit more time so that they can sail through a 15-mile-wide uh, whirlpool. <laughs> Everything about Roran's story in this feels like we're hearing it the way Roran tells it to Aragon later. He's like, it was 15 miles wide. We built, we built, we dug a trench around the whole town in one day. And Aragon's like, crazy. Aragon is like, one day? It's actually like a seven foot long hole in front of the road. That's why the soldiers got in, because it wasn't actually a trench. Um, I, so we talked, I kind of discovered in like book club that like I can't like picture things. Mm -hmm. And so like I never have understood how the whole boar's eye thing works because I don't know anything about whirlpools and like to me it just looks like the imaging of like a hurricane. Like that's Yeah, but what it's I a picture. hurricane down. Yeah. 15 miles is like bonkers. A 15 mile diameter is I'm trying to think of a good like what is like 15 miles. You think of that. I pee. All right, bye cars. <laughs> The carriages are drawn by horses. The portraits for carriage license are also drawn, but not by horses. Very funny, Michael Kioski. Um, what would be a good, like, what is 15 miles across? Is is Manhattan 15 miles across? It might be. Um, Manhattan size in miles. So Manhattan is like 22 miles. 22 square miles. So if you cut off like the bottom of it, Manhattan is 13.4 miles. Yeah, so it literally is like the length of all of Manhattan. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, yeah, it's just a whirlpool the size of New York City. Totally, totally normal thing to run your ship around. Uh, <laughs> but they do. They pull it off. Um, and then uh, that's the end of Roran's story. And I can't wait to see that in live action because it's actually a really cool idea. And now for the most important. Uh, we're, we're, you know what? We've done, half the, we've done half the characters. We're about halfway through the show. It's time for me to say, while Clarus is not here... That this podcast is brought to you by Misty Mountain Gaming. Misty Mountain Gaming is a dice and tabletop RPG accoutrement company that makes only the best math rocks uh, for the best people. If you want 15% off your order at MistyMountainGaming.com, use code NERDYNIGHTLY15. What? And you will get that automatically added to your cart. Uh, they're pretty great. And I love them. And I roll them. Even when I'm not playing games. Sometimes I'll just go just pick up a dice and dice. roll a d20 to see uh, how my day is going to be. Gonna go. And uh, I rolled a natural one today. And uh, it's about right. <laughs> about right. Wow. It's Halloween. I'm sleepy. Are we going to get some Halloween candy? Uh, yeah, if you want. Yeah. Do you want candy corn? No, I don't Fucking hate candy corn, candy corn. But like, I also don't love it. I'm like one of those people that, yeah, I'm like, I would eat it. So, okay, so how large is this eye? Manhattan. See, I, uh, that doesn't really help me. 
Um, <laughs> a place that you've been to multiple times doesn't help. Yeah, but like haven't been from one end to the other. I've been to like seven streets. Um, I, it's like <laughs> downtown Calgary. Downtown Calgary is like six blocks. No, I'm talking about all of downtown Calgary. From, like, the pump house to the other side of Stampede. That doesn't seem that large. <laughs> Manhattan seems, like, much larger than that. You mean, like, the whole island, right? Oh, no, but it's the length of the island if you spun it. All the way around. Yeah, okay. The, the, the diameter large. is the length of the island. Sure. But it's the length of the island in every direction. Yeah, see, uh, that Walpole seems much larger than Calgary to me. <laughs> Downtown Calgary is massive. No, it's six blocks. But if you go up all the way to, like, the park and everything, it's not six blocks. First of all, it's 12, but... <laughs> I can walk it blocks. in, like, 15 minutes. In one direction, but, like, to walk around the radius of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it does not matter. <clears throat> it's like a half marathon. Yeah, it's a half a marathon to run across yeah. it. But basically, the only way that they get out of the boar's eye is because there's just so many villagers yeah. to replace the people who, like, pass out from rowing. Um, and they, they make it. Yay! Congratulations. And apparently, rowing the boat has made Roran's shoulder feel better. No, it was cutting the um, trees uh, oh, that's what through, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, through the spine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they literally had to he's cut like, a path like, my permanently injured shoulder is stronger now? Well, he's like, he got his original strength back, but he doesn't have the mobility. He can't lift it past, like, here. Mm. But um, I'm sure um, magic will fix that at some point. What? Chapter one. A twin disaster. This is the beginning of Aragon, our main character. Uh, he is, uh, it's been three days. Since the events of yeah. the book Aragon. Yep. And uh, the Urgals attack again, and Ajahad is dead, and the twins and Murtag are gone, and... Um, yeah. It's it like, starts oh, off shit. spicy. <laughs> the, <laughs> like, the, running start, running start. The first chapter with Aragon and the last two chapters with Aragon are where all of the action happens for Aragon. Yes. And then in the middle, nah, he's yes. around. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, Relaine, thank you for that super chat. <gasps> thank you so Catching up with Book Club this morning, I've been enjoying the reread. Nice. I also don't remember anything since reading these books 10 years ago. Same. It's nice to revisit them, you know? I um, always like reading things I've read before because it's comfortable. Ajahad's death <laughs> comes in pretty quick here. Yeah, yeah. Same with Murtag and the twins. Well, yeah. Uh, Ajahad is like, hey, Aragon, I'm dying. Can you keep the Varden from falling into chaos? And Aragon's like, I'll do my best. Yeah. Um, and then he asks Arya to go look for the twins and Murtag because their bodies are not there. Um, she does. She goes in the tunnels. She does not find anything except some bloodied clothes. Um, can't, and they appreciate, can't scry them. I do appreciate that Arya is... That the elves are basically the Aiel. Oh, yeah. They, they, they run... They have a very complicated sense of, like, duty and honor. Yes, they run faster they than run horses. They run faster than horses. Absolutely. I mean, they. To be fair, they are magically enhanced. Physically. Oh, a hundred percent. But the, there is a very. The elves I, are the IO. Yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of they're kind they're very similar to the IO in that way. Um, and uh, they the council of elders are like we're gonna nominate Naswada, who is Varden. apparently eighteen, which seems insane to me. Yeah. Um, and so she's gonna lead the Varden, and Aragon is like, I will swear fealty to somebody. Yeah, I will swear fealty. And then to Naswada, he's like, it's, it's you. I'm it's gonna. You. I don't trust them so i'm gonna sort of fealty to you and she's like 
Ooh, you're being Trixie. And he's like, I they am being Trixie. Game. They are tomorrow. I like to see it. I kind of, I would love for, um, I, I would love for if, if the TV show gets made, um, and I, I think it will. I think Striped it will. and everything. Yeah. I, I, I would love for Nasuhat and Aragon's friendship to be a little sassy. Like, I don't need Aragon to be gay in the show, but I want him to have, like, gay friend energy with Naswada. You know right, what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, I they have, like, you. like little looks with yes, each other. Yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> Your funeral robes looked great. <laughs> uh, and so, Arya's like, I'm, I think you're so fucking stupid for saying you're going to swear fealty. You fucking idiot. Aragon, fuck you, you dumb little fucking little bitch. And Aragon's you like, fucking, what do am you I ever, supposed to do? Do you have worms for brains, you fucking idiot? And Aragon's like, I I swore I'm going to swear to Naswada, not the Varden. And she's like, well, oh, okay. better. <laughs> she's like, it's better, I guess. I'm like, Arya, just fucking, like, ask before you. To be fair, Aragon is a child. <laughs> like, Which is why you still ask. As soon as Aragon explains what he did, she's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But she goes so hard on him at oh, first. Yeah. She's pissed because she's like, you need to go like train with the elves. Like that is the most important thing right now. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh no, like the Varden are going to stop that. And Aragon's like, no, don't worry, I got this. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, she's like, I maybe I misunderstood. Just like ask literally one fucking question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so they um, they go to Hrothgar. Yeah. And they're like, Hrothgar. Hey, so the Council of Elders is going to nominate Nasuato. We're going to support her. I think you should as well. You know, Nasuato seems smarter than she lets off. She's like, not going to let them control her. It's pretty chill. Yeah, she's pretty chill. And Sephira's like, hey, I feel really bad about breaking Isidar Mithrim. I'm going to fix it. And Hrothgar's like, uh, can you do that? She's like, yeah. And so yeah, the dwarves yeah, are so that. happy that maybe at some point the thing will get fixed that they party the fucking night away, even oh, yeah. though Ajahad just died. They they go fucking hard. Because they're like, the funeral is tomorrow, so we're going to celebrate tonight. Um, and, uh, yeah, Safira drinks so much, it, she literally tries to bow and falls over. And uh, I do love out. that they get so drunk that they just leave them in the banquet hall alone. They're <laughs> like, okay, everybody, <laughs> they're going to sleep Yeah, here. they're like, we can't move Safira. So just just let we'll just, just let them be. There there's literally nothing we can do. Um <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, um yeah, and so uh they Al Jihad has a beautiful funeral where he is laid to rest uh nearby the dwarven tombs, but not yeah. quite in them. But like in the rock, you know, it's still an honor it's that pretty they emotional. give him. Yeah. Uh Aragon and Sephira almost miss it because they're too hungover. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, we get to Nasuada being raised to be the leader of the Varden. Yeah. The fealty oath happens, and Jormunder is very, like, pleased with himself that he's about to have the fealty of your rider, and then he's very... Him and the rest of the... Jormunder? No, no, no. Um, Yeah, they all have very pleased faces, and then he's, like, for a moment, he's pissed, and then he, like, catches himself first, and the other members of the elder... The other council members don't recover as quickly. Jormunder is surprised, but he he doesn't get mad. He's like, oh. He's a little bit mad. He's a little bit mad, and then he recovers. And I then the others don't recover. What's his face? Um, they they all have a moment, but Jormunder is the like quickest one to like fix his features. And then the uh, like it's like down the line, one at a time, they like get their shit together. I never read it as like he was like mad about it. I thought he was like surprised, and he's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> all right, but um, uh, yeah, the 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 council is not happy. Yeah, um, and then uh, Triana tries to fuck Aragon. Yeah, and Sephira's like. Cockblock. The best thing that could have happened here, the best thing that could have happened here, 
is if Saphira wasn't a fucking cock block and Aragon lost his V card. You know what I mean? He just needs a little sloppy toppy so that when he goes to the elves, he's not so like fucking blue balled for Arya. Yeah, but Triana kind of like sucks, you know. I don't care. He just you your first time when you're when you are as like almost incelly as Aragon sometimes is. You just need to fuck something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally, like a peach, um, honeydew melon. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, call me by your name. Uh, God, I wish Army Hammer wasn't in that movie. Um, <laughs> the fuck. And I also wish that. Timmy Chalamet was playing the 18-year-old. That movie's weird, but it's also, like, really beautiful. It's fucked. There's a whole, there's a whole scene where Timothy Chalamet comes in a peach and then Army Hammer eats it. Oh! Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, um, what's-his-face? Uh, like, oh, that, oh, Jonah, no. Jonah Hill? Is it Jonah Hill who, like, fucks, like, a melon? Yeah. In, like, a, in, like, a movie? I don't remember what movie... But, like, his Maybe. friend, like, walks in and he's had, like, microwaved it to make it warmer. I, I like, can't remember what this movie is. Chat, chat's gonna be like, what the fuck? Sounds pleasant. Uh, sure, I, I wouldn't know. Anyway, so, uh, it would have been better if Trion and Aragon had fucked here, so he could got it, he could have got that out of his system. Yeah. And maybe been a little bit less, like, I need Arya so bad, because I've never done it, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, Blue, don't worry about it. Sorry, Blue. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, executive producer Blue. Uh. Uh. <laughs> anyway, Saphira's a cock block, and so uh, Aragon leaves blue bald, uh, which is funny because his dragon is also blue, uh, but doesn't have balls. Um, no. Saphira is a lady. Trana does also offer, uh, he's, she's like, Aragon, you want to leave the Duvranger vibe? Duvranger Gata. Yeah. Duvranger Gata. Wow. That does not look like words to me. <laughs> It is the ancient language. It's fine. And uh, they uh, Angela shows up and is like, yo, be careful with the elves. And Aragon's like, we'll do. And she's like, cool. See you later, boo. Deuces. And then she pieces out. Yeah. Honestly, Angela would be a good partner for Aragon. You know what I mean? She's honest. She doesn't treat him differently because he's a rider. I, yeah, I don't think she's Angela is a good partner. Why? I think Angela is a solo team. Nah, they can be solo teams together. Sure. I don't like Aragon and Arya together. No. And so, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm hunting around looking for someone for him to be with. And I think Angela would be fun. You know, she's crazy. Yeah. But she's crazy in a way that, like, is kind of sexy. Look, I'm sorry. Angela going and poisoning, being, like, ballsy enough to go and, like, poison all the Imperial troops. I was like... Angel's hot. <laughs> a- this Angel's yeah, hot. Sure, sure, sure. All uh, right. Kevin Elsington, thank you for super chatting to remind us that Jason Biggs did fuck a pie in American Pie. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate that. I've he never did. seen American Pie, so I don't think that's what I was thinking of, but who knows? Is Angela very old? Yes. I don't think she's that old. Yes, she is. She's old. I thought she was like 40. No, she's old. Oh. Yeah. Angela is like Weird. her own mythical, mysterious being. Uh, you know who I picture in my head? When I think of Angela. Who? Charlize Theron. Really? Yeah. Like, really? Charlize Theron being like a kooky weirdo. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. 
Wow, that is not who I would have picked, like, at all. Interesting. Charlize Theron can do anything. She's, yes. like, one of the most talented people on the planet. And I think that, like, her with, like, a big rat's nest of hair and her just, like, with, like, big glasses and being a little odd. I pictured, But underneath, like, like, really hot, you're like, oh, wow. I pictured, like, Luna Lovegood. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Or, like, you know, like, like... You, uh, well, uh, no. Touch the is like, yeah. so pairing her up with a teenager feels weird. The wo the woman that Aragon's in love with is a hundred. Yeah, like either choice is not is not great. None of the women that Aragon is attracted to are age appropriate. He so likes I'm, mom, I'm working with what I got. Mommies. Yeah, he, he has he, mommy issues. He, he likes older women, just like Matt. Mm -hmm. Um, no, crap. Now I'm like, who would I cast as Angela? And I genuinely, I'm like, I don't know. Charlize Theron. I don't know that she would do a Disney Plus show, but, like, if I could get her to do it. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I was pictured Ruth Negev, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I have not seen it. I love Ruth Negev's Rutabagas. Oh. That's a joke from Don't Worry About It. Oh. Uh, Ruth Negev is fantastic. I, I think she would actually be great. Oh, you know who would be great? The girl that we saw in um, fucking Sweeney Todd. Annalie Ashford? Yes. Oh, Annalie Ashford would be a great Angela. Annalie Ashford. That's, That's it. good casting. That's, I found it, guys. I found it. Sutton Foster. Also fantastic <laughs> cast. Are you kidding? Sutton yes. Foster made a fucking... They need to bring in some Broadway weirdos. Yeah, because we're fucking <laughs> weirdos. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know who would be a great Aria if they wanted her to like be a little older? Who? Laura Benanti. Who's that? Uh, she's a Broadway. Why do I know that? Was she on Smash? I don't know if Laura Benanti was on Smash. That name sounds so familiar, but like I genuinely like cannot picture her in my head. Um, she's one of the funniest people on the planet. She did like there was a couple years ago. She did um a video for like every Tony Award. Oh, I don't know her. Yeah, weird. I know her name, but I don't know her. Yeah, she's the best. I adore her. Christina Ricci. <clears throat> Christina Ricci. Mm-hmm. Oh. I know Christina Ricci. Ah, gotcha. Uh, don't worry about it. All right, moving on then. Um, so, uh, they're... I wouldn't they're, hire her. They're, um. <laughs> they're leaving, uh, they're leaving, uh, the, the Varden, uh, Farlandor, <laughs> and, um, uh, Aragon, Sephira, Sephira, Arya, and Oric all head out. And, and nothing uh, happens. Oric is like, hey, take this helmet. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, here, we're not there. Be yet, my there. brother. And Aragon is like, well, damn, okay. <laughs> he is now a member of Durgrimes in Jitim, which has never happened for a human before. Um, yeah, so he becomes a dwarf. That's not going to have consequences. Yes, he becomes a dwarf. Yeah. Um, they get to... In uh, the process, they actually like cut off, cut off at the knees. So he's uh, significantly so he's shorter like as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's like Lord My Farquaad. daddy was a miner, so he wasn't much oh around. Oh my god. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they get to Tarnak. Uh, there, there's like a bunch of like native species to the Bior Mountains, and uh, they're 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 like the dwarves are riding these like goat things called Feldenost, which are like mm -hmm. apparently very smart. Um, and so they get to Tarnag, and then these people in purple robes walk up and they take hair and they put it on a ring and they throw it on the ground and they're like meh, 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 meh. And Aragon is like, well, that seems bad. Um, turns out it is bad. Um, it's a Swelden Rakanuin who is like. I don't know how the fuck the, you're pronouncing these words. Because I listened to the audiobooks so many times. That's fair. I, like, I like genuinely like. I don't. Oh, well, you haven't talked about it. I what? don't know how you listen to that audiobook. 
Oh, guys, David finally heard the uh, Safira's voice. There is, there is. There are Can no you try and recreate word. it? <laughs> My, I have a pretty feminine voice, don't I? Yeah, it's beautiful. Aragon, I'm so excited to be a dragon. <laughs> we should do magic together. Aragon, don't fuck Arya. Aragon, the only person you should be thinking about is Maud the Werecat. Oh, oh, okay. Like, I know about holy that. shit. It's... It's what a, a what a fucking insane choice he made. Yeah, yeah. To make Safira sound like she is literally gargling rocks all the time. Yeah, it's great. It's it sounds like Safira has been punched in the throat just before she t- t- talks every single time. Oh like, my it's, god. Yeah, it's, it's uh something. We were listening to it in the car while we were driving yesterday and I I've never heard this audiobook before. And I, we had to stop. Like yeah. we had to stop the audiobook so I could be like, "What? What is this?" Yeah, you were you were cackling. It was uh, it was great. It's so it's I'm such an so insane used choice. to it. I'm I'm literally so used to it. It does not bother me. Like uh yeah, but a lot of people hate the audiobooks for Aragon. Yeah, because it's it's bad. <laughs> it's a I'm sorry. It's a bad choice. Look, I, like I said, I'm just used to it at this point. Um, it it is like what. I think an SNL parody of an audio, like if you showed me, and I'm sorry, I feel like I'm being very mean to the audiobook narrator, but he did this like 20 years ago. It's so like, whatever. I sure I'm he sure he's over it. He's probably heard it a million times at this point. But if you, if you were to put on an SNL and they were like, and now this is in the recording session for Aragon. And it was fucking like Danny DeVito was brought in to narrate Aragon and he made this choice and it just cuts over to Christopher Paolini who's like the surprise guest of the week sitting in the recording booth being like, he knows Sophia is a female dragon, right? And the, the producer's like, yeah, it's Danny DeVito. We're just going to kind of let him do what he wants. And it was like a funny parody sketch of making an audiobook. I would buy into the voice. That is the only scenario under which the Aragon audio voice for Safira makes any fucking sense whatsoever is if it's a goddamn joke. Okay? It's a strong choice. Strong <laughs> choice. A swing and a miss, maybe. Uh, learn German and get better audiobooks. Yeah, yeah, let me get on that real quick. Just learn German. No, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Clarus and I are going to re-record the Aragon audiobooks. And I'm going to do all the narration and all the, like, other characters. And then Clarus will jump in as the voice of Safira. I don't think I have a good voice for Safira. It would just be your voice. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, I, like when I hear myself speaking in, like, our videos and stuff, I I don't know. I, I Look, I'm saying that... Maybe I just don't like my own voice. Which I'm is like, fair. It's, it's, it's not a good fit for Safira. I think it's a great fit for Safira. Well, thank You're you. sassy and rude. You're demanding. You, you think that you're right all the time. Thank I think you. it's perfect. All right. Well, yeah. I am a dragon. <laughs> you are Action. my little dragon. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. So, the anyway. So, Asweldon Rock Anuin is like the Tears of Anuin. And uh, they, like, were, they were like the best warriors that the dwarves had. And they all, like, perished in the fall. Uh, there was literally like one person and her couple guards left, yeah. um, and so uh, so they they hate Galbatorx well, no, and the one riders. Who, no, Anuin was the last, and then she died, and then yeah, this is the people who these are, the these are her, her guards. Yeah. 
The like her, I don't know, six guards or something. There was only a couple of them Just left. Just get vamped up. Just get vamped up. Uh, shut the fuck up. Uh, I still can't so, believe you said that. And then tried to be like, no, it's like a vamp in music. I the chat was when defending me. When the vamp me. builds. Chat was defending me. It's fine. It's not how um, they work. lost everything to Galvatorix, so they're like, fuck oh, you, Aragon. Good. Fuck the rioters. <laughs> fuck dragons. We we hate you all. Um, yeah, fair. Uh, pretty much. And so instead of exploring the city, uh, the next day Aragon goes and goes to the temple. And he gets, like, educated on the dwarves, like, history and religion, because now he's a Oh, the a ring dwarf. is a blood feud. We should say that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. They, they, they are, like, announcing to the world that they will oppose Aragon and everything, every single thing he does. Aragon wants to take a shit. They're just going to shove it right back up there. So, um, the Aragon, like you said, he goes and learns um, the dwarves' uh, history and their religion. Yeah. Uh, and then Arya shows up and is, like, very aggressively anti-religion. Yes. Like a... She's like, wouldn't your money be better spent helping the poor? <laughs> I was like, Arya, are you me? Yeah, the I was fuck like, is happening? Arya, I, I, like, relate to you, but she has, like, no fucking shame. She just walks in there and is like, you guys are dumb. It's time for my <laughs> yearly fight with the fight priest. Fight with, with the priest. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh my God, Arya is me in high school. Yeah. Just arguing with the mother superior of my high school. A hundred percent. And nearly getting expelled for it. Yeah. Um, As an atheist, I like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I agree with Arya, but also she just, she, she, she's pretty salty. But also like later in the book, Aragon is like, Ormus, don't you guys like believe in gods? And I'm and like, is like, do you no. not, I, but I was like, Aragon, do you not remember watching Arya just like try and rip the hide off of that fucking priest in front of you? Maybe he thought that was just like an Arya thing, you know? Uh, Narafin says this is Richard Dawkins' early 2000s atheist movement. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Um, so yeah, so they fight. <laughs> uh, Aragon gets a necklace that makes him not be able to be scribed by people. Um, and Aragon also learns that Arya has not been home to see the elves in 70 years. Yeah. Which is crazy. Because she's... He also learns, like, shortly afterwards that she's 100. So... Yeah. She's lived with humans more than she has with elves. Um, yeah, he also is like, hey, Arya, what does my sword mean? And she's like, misery. Good book. <laughs> It's actually the business of misery. What? I'm in the business of misery. No, that's not a song you know. Okay, no, misery is a Stephen King book. Oh, is it? I don't know. Yeah, it's about an author who crashes his car, uh, and then he gets taken in. His legs are both broken, and he gets taken in by this woman, uh, and she forces him to write another book uh, in his big series for her. Okay, so yeah, I went Paramore, and you went Stephen King, so... Uh... We're, yeah. we, we we went completely opposite directions. Uh, uh, and so they're like, all right, we're going to leave. Uh, it's going to be dangerous, so let's be very sneaky and leave uh, quietly so that nothing happens. And then nothing happens. Nothing happens. They're uh, fine. And then nothing happens again. Yeah, and they just like, kind of like continue to travel with nothing happening. sing a song. And then they're in Jamaldon Barden. Yeah. Oh, the one dwarf has got, um, I can't remember what they're called in Dwarvish, but the Fists of Steel. He has, like, literal metal spikes inserted into his knuckle bones. Mm -hmm. Pretty badass. Uh, Aragon scries Rorin, and he's like, oh, Rorin's fine. And then he has a dream about a man falling on a battlefield that's, like, burning. And there's, like, a hen in the foreground pointing at a body. And he's like, hmm, that doesn't feel like a normal dream. Very strange. Um, he does, like, talk to Arya about it, and she's like, yeah, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. And that's, like, basically her explanation. Yeah. She's like, we don't get time. <laughs> it's weird. Weird how that works. <laughs> um, Orit gives uh, Aragon a puzzle that uh, like a he thingy. can't solve because Aragon 
Not a very talented Riddler. Very, uh, very he never bad placed very high in Carvajal's annual riddling competition. Yes. Yeah, not good at riddles, which, fair, I understand. Do you think that Brom was just crushing everybody in that every year? <laughs> Brom is the one who wrote the riddles. Brom is just shitting on everybody. In, like, it, it's the only thing that he got that hard smart. for in the last, like, 15 years <laughs> of his life. Was the riddling contest? Was knowing that once a year, he got to fucking out-riddle the fucking idiots of Carvajal. Oh, my God. And that's what he jacked off to. Just humiliating teenagers? You might want to rethink that one. I assume there would be adults involved. Ah, uh, do adults riddle? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Chris and Paulini, we need more about the rhythm company. I, yeah, I think yeah, I'm with Joe in the chat. The the world building of this world is um, we need this riddling really contest. lacking because we didn't get more information about the annual riddling contest. Yeah, I need to know. Um, Can you show me? I exactly. want to know about the riddling contest. <laughs> Um, Oric also shares, uh, shows Aragon, like, a bow that's made out of Urgul horn. Mm, yeah. <laughs> wild. Um, and then Arya kind of gives, uh, Aragon, like, a Cole's notes of their elven etiquette. And is like, don't offend people, because we Every conversation forever. must start with, hey, I, I'm, I want to talk to you. No, I would no, like no. to talk to you as well. Every conversation starts with, I would like to talk uh, with you with honor. Atra that is the greeting. Yeah, I was I was saying that, but in English, because our show is in English. So if you want to do a show in uh, the ancient Sorry, language... Sorry, what is it in English? I want to speak with you. That's not... And then, I'm down to speak as well. And then, oh, you're an honorable person, so I'm going to speak to you with honor. I really hope elves wash their hands, because they're touching their lips constantly. That's only like a field... Like, that's not... They don't do that every time. The third one is occasional. The third line is occasional. They're not touching their mouths all the time. Yeah, they are. Not every time. Yeah, no, no, they literally are. Even Varen or Va what? Vannon? Is his name Vannon? The mean one? Oh my god, it's the horse thief from fucking Wheel of Time. He did survive the last battle. Um, Vanier, sorry, it's Vanier. Vanier. You like, said no, Vannon, that, and I was like, what? No, I was like, that can't be it. Vanier. Even when he's pissed at Aragorn and leaves the fight, he does it yeah, before he leaves. Yeah, but he does he this. <laughs> Basically. No, basically. they're touching their mouths constantly and like... I'm sure they keep good hygiene. Literally, Oramis is like, Aragon, you need to bathe every fucking day before you come here. I know, but they, I don't know that they wash their hands. And I'm, I'm worried that like COVID could pass through that community so quickly. Oh my God. It's open air. They don't like... They're never yeah, they're, inside. They're fucking, you know they're fucking... Like they're sleeping. They they literally elf culture is that you mate for however long you want, baby. Well, and they must have great like protective measures because nobody has children. Like they are able to decide if they want. Like no one like accidentally gets pregnant. Oh, I thought it was all occasional pregnancies, and huh? like that it was very. I thought I thought it was just very hard for women to get pregnant in the elves. Oh no, they're like they 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 like rarely have children because it's considered the like highest form of love. Oh, I thought they were like struggling. That's why they no, I don't kids. think that they're like less fertile. I think that it's like a choice. They're no, like, they're super infertile. Yeah, I think they're like literally in decline. Oh, I always thought that it was like it was like a choice. They were no, like, those... no, only a couple people will have children because of what it means for our society and because we live forever. Otherwise, there'd be way too many fucking. I don't elves. know. I think I think that there. I think that a lot of those elves are are, are shooting blanks. I did not. And I, I think that there's realize. a lot of like dusty, cavernous elf uteruses that are just like unused. Wow, wow. Well, here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. If elves share any sort of biology control. with us, right? Uh huh. Women 
have a certain number of ovum in their bodies. Uh-huh. That does not change over the course of their lifetime. You do not develop more. Right. So, so like, the at elves... a certain point, you'd run out of ovum to produce. Right. Unless they're, like, really full. <laughs> All elves have really wide hips. Because they just, like, they're have really a bigger full? store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bigger store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bigger storage. <laughs> I would like to buy one ovum, please. Ah, yes. Come into the general store. Let me put my feet up in the stirrups. No, Let no. me just reach in there with the magic words and pull one out for you. No, no. All the, all the elves have, like, childbearing <laughs> hips because they, they need more room for uh, for their eggs. They're so live, but the, except for their hips. They just all, they're all, like, built like a fucking Kardashian. Uh, yes. Uh, Mirani, uh, yes. So, the the elves and the dragons and the humans, it is said in this book, are, like, all interconnected. And because the dragons are, like, almost extinct, that, yes, the elves and the humans are suffering because of that. We're oh just being um, goofy. Yeah, they can change their body to whatever they want. That's true. Maybe they can magically true. give themselves more eggs. Do you Maybe. Think that, do you think that, like... Like, an elf, an elf lady is on a date, right? Uh-huh. And she's with a guy who, like, she has a kind of... She hasn't really figured out that relationship, and she's, like, not ready to have sex yet, right? Mm-hmm. But he's kind of, like, hinting that that's what she wants, and she wants to let him down easy. Uh-huh. Do you think that she could cast a spell to start her period so she could be like, I would love to, but, like, I'm bleeding... Maybe, but like elves big might brain, be different enough that like they don't have periods because elves can change their body exactly how they want to be. And God, if I could do that, I'd get rid of it. Fucking get rid of it. You'd get rid of your body? No, I'd get rid of like having a period. Like I would oh, like yeah, yeah. sing myself a song and suddenly I don't need to bleed. But it's 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 good for your hormones. I don't give a fuck. Okay. <laughs> they'll just get they'll do they'll sing their hormones. <laughs> Um, I don't know. But the, it's literally established that elves can, like, alter their body in pretty much any way they want. They're, like, some of them are, like, half animal. Yeah. So, uh, periods? Nah, fuck them. They don't exist here. They get to Dwelden Barden. They get to Elzmira. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the dwarves have taken Snowfire back. The the dwarf guard that went with Aragon. Yeah, um, yeah. Because they're, they're going to get Kili, on Kili, boats. Kili, Nori, Dory, Flory, Bomber. Flory? Scomber, Womber, Chumbawamba. Uh, Paramore. Paramore? ACDC. <laughs> Van Halen. Paramore is canonically a dwarf, yes. Uh, uh, she has great hair. Great hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and uh, so they leave with Snowfire, and he's like, you fucking take care of this. This horse is the most important horse. Most important horse in the world. And so they, they ride with some elves, and um, they get there. And they meet the queen, and the queen is like, yo, what's up, daughter? And the audience is like, what? Arya's been a princess this whole time? I've never read a fantasy book before. This is so surprising. (laughs) And then he's like, wait a second. The prophecy, the fortune-telling that Angela told me, that can't have anything to do with that. I'm going to have an epic romance with someone of noble birth. Not to get too much into the rest of the series. Would you classify their romance as epic? Because I wouldn't, based I mean, on what the, I know of the it. The scale of their deeds together are definitely considered to be, like, an epic. Oh, they... Oh, no, no, no. But is their romance epic? Yes. The, their, their non-romantic life together is epic. Would you consider them to have an epic romance? Because I truly would not, based on what I know about them. Well, don't spoil it for people. I don't think that's a spoiler. It's a tease. Yeah, there's dragons. It's very epic. The epic non-romance. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. It is it is one of the things about these books that I don't think necessarily it's it's like it's um it's kind of like the prophecy around um 
Olivia. Yeah. Where you're like, well, I guess that kind of satisfies the prophecy. I guess but... she kind of, yeah, yeah. So uh, the queen is like, yo, uh, thanks for being here. Let's go introduce you to a dude. And he's like, a dude. And they go to a glade and it's like, this is Ormus. And this they're is like, later. first of all, you have to swear that you're never going to reveal this information ever. And they're like, well, that seems pretty sus, but we don't have a fucking choice. And Oric, um, Oric swears too. Yeah. Oric's, Oric, oh, Oric's here the whole time. He's yeah. mostly just getting drunk and complaining about being here the whole time. Which, he, fair. We might not mention him again. He's present. He's, he's there. Uh, yeah. And so he's like, oh my God, you're a dragon rider. And he's like, yes, I am a dragon rider. <laughs> uh, I trained all the dragons. Um, I, I trained Braum and I trained Morzan and I, tra- I was there the day Galbatorx. I have all of the answers to all of your questions. I will now proceed to give you answers to questions in a random order that does not seem to really benefit your education that much. Why? There are, the, you, th- there are ideas, Ormus keeps being like, we wouldn't really tell writers this at this point, but you've kind of figured it out on your own. So I'm going to tell you. Yeah. He's like, because you we're, need to know. we're under like different circumstances. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that he says, I'm like, oh, you, you could have like not had the issue that you were previously struggling with if you had just told him this bit of information earlier, but you needed him to not have that information earlier so that you could have that little bit of struggle. Yeah, but some of them are like lessons that Aragon needs to learn. Yeah, and some of it's Brom's fault. Brom, yeah. Brom like straight up teaches Aragon magic wrong, mm-hmm. and so Aragon's like idea of how to use magic, like Ormus has to unteach Aragon before he can teach him. In 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 some ways, no. absolutely. Um, but like God, the moment where like later and him like show up, like my first time reading this, I was like, it's like what? like I I lost my mind a little bit. Oh no, it's a very cool reveal. Yeah. Um, Glader's rad. Mm-hmm. Safira being super horny for Glader is hilarious. Yeah, and Glader's like, I'm your teacher. This is fucking weird. Stop it. Like, How how do you want to get through all the teachings? Because that's kind of all that happens here for a while, and there's not a lot of plot. No, not a lot of plot, but we can talk about the things that are brought up and, like, what you find interesting, like, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, because, like, uh, there's a lot in here. It, although, uh, we should mention that, like, you know, Auric is like, why the fuck are you hiding here in the forest? Mm-hmm. And Glader's like, I'm missing a leg. And Ormus is like, I have, like, a disability with magic and yeah. can barely, like, do anything. And Oric is like, yeah, oopsie, sorry. <laughs> like, Gabatorx would kill me instantly. I- I- instantly. And Shuriken is the size of a city. Yeah, so. it's more important that I'm here to teach the next person yeah. and not just go out in a blaze of glory. Well, I think it's interesting that, they, that it kind of is brought up that, like, maybe Aragorn's role is to do what he's doing, right? Yeah. Is that, Ar- like, the, be- before he gets healed, um, Aragorn there, does kind of struggle with the idea that, like, maybe my role in all of this is to be the next Oromis, not to be the hero of the story. Um and he really struggles with that. And I, yes. I, 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 that struggle is very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, we're obviously reading about Aragon, And so we understand him to be the protagonist, but there is a point in his life where he's like, I, I don't think I'm the main character. <laughs> um, Aragon is, uh, given some tasks. One is to study, um, uh, the forest. Uh, he gets very into ants, uh, in a way mm-hmm. that, uh, Scott Lang would be very proud of. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, Hank Pym uh, would be loving this guy. Ants, we love ants. Yep. Ants. Yep. <laughs> ants. 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 Does anyone know what I'm referencing? Do you know what I'm referencing? 
There was an insane commercial for Ant-Man, the first Ant- Oh, wait, we can't talk about that. Fuck. Strike. Fuck you, AMPTP. AMPTP, let's fucking get a deal going, bitches. Come on now. Yeah, it's time, guys. They're meeting right now, so, like, hopefully True. today is the day. To guys, today's I the day. I don't have huge hopes, because the AMPTP are a bunch of fucking fuck nuts, but- But, like, we can- we Today can could be the day. Today could be the day where this bullshit could be over, and I can just talk about shit. Could like, be. Could be. Anyway, um, so he examines ants. He- We, we learn about ferths. Yeah, which are cool. Yeah, yeah. The like the the there's like stone that's kind of like it just has like a bunch of colors there, and you can just turn it into whatever you want. Can you imagine the porn that you could make? Oh God! If it was like what you saw in your mind's eye, I would have. You I, in my mind, bad ferrets all look like AI images. <laughs> that's the AI. That's um, the AI. But I, Aragon is so lucky that when he makes the ferret of Arya, she's wearing clothes. Yes, he's very lucky. He's so lucky very that she's lucky. not just like fucking nude. Just and, like... fully nude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, because it's not. It's not necessarily like it's not like a purely sexual attraction. Like mm -hmm. he definitely has. Like he is interested in her as like a person. Um, but um, yeah, there, there, there is a moment where uh, Aragon and Sphere get to like do Weldon Garden, and there's like the the singing. Right, we kind of yeah. talked about like, or we kind of glazed over. There was like. Um, uh, a holiday going on and they their minds get a little bit fuzzy and Arya has to like protect them. But like, <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's the fucking it's the orgy holiday. Yeah, fertility ceremony. And Arya's like, oh, I have like, to I'm ferry. So I should be getting railed right now, but I have to watch over this fucking child. Yeah, yeah. And the other two elves are like, I know we should be fucking everybody. We should be having the greatest orgy of our lives, and we're missing it. They miss the orgy. Um, but when they do, when they do get it's into so the forest, Aragon talks about like how the elves are all like singing, and it feels like fairy. Land, and I was like, so wait, fairies exist in this world? Or maybe they don't. Maybe fairies are stories in this world. Yeah, like where do fairies come from? And why does Aragon know what fairyland or is or what fairies are? <laughs> I need to know. These are the questions. So there's a traveling troupe uh -huh. in Algasia, and they do this show called Winks, which is a story about these fairy girls. <laughs> It's very popular. It's very popular. Winks, very popular. It was Everyone much more popular it. 20 years ago, but it's yeah. still very popular today. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there, it's a lot. God, it's hard because there's not a lot of plot here other than Aragon keeps telling Arya that he's in love with her and she gets really upset about it because she's a hundred and he's a child. Yeah. She responds the way Edward should respond in Twilight. Um, yeah. But Edward is a man and you can't trust no man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially around a young woman. Yeah. Apparently. Um they 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 learn yoga. It's called the Rimgar. They do they do some yoga. They do some yoga. Yeah. Um Aragon is like, why couldn't you just sing me the body that I need that's super strong and flexible? And Ormus is like, then you wouldn't know how to fucking use it. And he's like, Alright, seems legit. See, here here's the problem. Uh -huh. I like that. I, and let, yeah, let's just get I into like the it. healing. Because, oh, uh, before we do, Vanier beats the shit out of Aragon because he's crippled for, like, a month. Every oh, day, he just that. beats the shit out of him. And like, it's like, I'm better than you. And Aragon's like, I literally am disabled. Yeah, like, like Aragon tries so hard and Vanier's just, like, an actual asshole. And but he's Aragon so keeps proud to beat up someone who is seizures. weaker than him and also injured. Yeah, and Aragon and is like, like, hmm, I think he's very young. It, it would be like being, like, playing basketball against someone in a wheelchair mm -hmm. and being like, see, I'm the best basketball player in the world. And it's like, okay, dude, 
Sure. One of you has legs. Like, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what are you bragging about? Yeah. There is a moment, though, where, like, Aramis does ask Aragon, like, why are we fighting? If the Empire, if fighting the Empire is going to bring about all this pain and suffering, why are we doing it? And Aragon's like, shit, I'm going to have to think about that one. <laughs> it's fine. It takes him a day. Yeah, to come up with, because... Galbatorix is a real bad guy. Real bad guy, and we have to save the dragons. <laughs> but it takes him 24 hours. No shit you were bad at riddling. If you can't come up with, we're fighting because Galbatorix is enslaving people and his agents eat people. Uh, when I was in a town, uh, the first town actually, after I left my hometown, uh, the first thing I saw was a baby on a spear. And Aragorn's like, ah, oh, God, I need a day, Oramis, to figure out uh, Galbatorix is bad. I was I was hoping he was gonna come up with something deeper. No, but it it, doesn't really. It boils down to saving the race of dragons. Like that—that is what it is. It's like preventing the genocide. It shouldn't. You should go with, uh, they put a baby on a spear. That one is enough. Like Sure, but babies will die if 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 the two powers of the world are fighting one another. In the war, Mm -hmm. yeah, and but. We shouldn't fight for a better world because the world will be difficult while we're fighting, but the world is already difficult. It's like we we shouldn't try to change things because the process of change is hard. Is and that's why Aragorn asks saying, him, and Aragorn is like, "Oh shit, that's I, you know not what? a twenty-four hour answer." Well, but that's the thing is like Aragorn hasn't like actually thought about things. Aragorn is not like the smartest guy. And that's, like, that's why, like, he's an interesting protagonist, because he doesn't get shit right away. He's like, uh... Because he's a mediocre Riddler. He's a mediocre... Guys, that is Aragon's defining trait, is, uh, he's I a mediocre... I just love that. Riddler. We were, we were literally at a doctor's office yesterday, and I was reading, and Clarice was going in, and I was just chuckling to myself, and she's like, what? And I was like, Aragon just, he, he doesn't place very high in the Riddling competition, and she's like, I, what, what is wrong with you? And I was like... Doesn't yeah. Matter. Um they also <sighs> meet uh Runan who uh, made all the uh rider swords uh who does not make weapons anymore. Honestly, Aragon should date her. She's hot. She's so old. I know, but like if he's going to end up with an elf, it might as well be the woman who's got the like the strapping one? back muscles who's just like fucking cranking out the greatest metallurgy in the world. All right. I have a mommy thing, apparently. I, um, I guess so. Yeah. And then Arya tells Aragon a story about the Minoa tree to scare him off of, like, trying to date her, and it doesn't work. Yeah. And apparently the Minoa tree is going to give him a weapon at some point. That is a but prophecy. not today. Not today. He doesn't need one. Uh, the, the, my, this is my favorite. Chapter 38 is called Resurgence. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what resurges here, but there's a storm, and Aragon's it's back hurts, and... The back pain resurges, because he hasn't had one in months. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Saphira gets her head stuck in the hallway. Yeah, Saphira gets her head stuck in the, the stairwell to go upstairs. Uh, we learned that Arya's favorite flower is a beautiful little black flower that you can talk to it, and it opens up, and it's blue on the inside. <laughs> yes. Um, what else? Uh, Aragon learns not to use absolutes. He's, as Ormus is like, don't say something that will either kill oh, you or yeah, hurt. Like, you know, like, be fucking smarter about this. Um, oh, I, they figure out that the twins were evil because they lied to Arya about Aragon being able to ward himself against magic. Yeah. Uh, and so, very interesting. We turn, oh yeah, we realize that the Leather Blocka are adult Razak. They're highly intelligent but can't speak and they ferry their children around. They're the magic school. Which is my favorite part of today's podcast. Um, There's only those Razak left, though, in existence, so. 
Uh, Aragon is like, I have renamed Pain and I call it the Obliterator. This was the most emo child bullshit. Oh yeah, this is, I wrote a poem when I was 14 <laughs> and I called it the Obliterator. It's like the green, the first song Green Day wrote that they changed the lyrics to when they got big because they're, yeah, like, they're oh, like, oh, that's actually. This is kind of cringe. Um, Aragon also learns that you don't need to use the ancient language to cast spells. Mm -hmm. Very fun, very useful. Which Dangerous. Means you can get drugged. Stray thoughts. You can get drugged and forget the language. But you can still keep their dicks soft. Yes, exactly, yes. exactly. Well, that, that explains how Arya was able to keep their dicks soft uh, in, uh, when she was in prison. Uh, then uh, Aragon uh, makes the fur that pisses off Arya, and then he goes to her room to apologize, and he thinks the best thing to do when you go to someone's room to apologize is, is to read. snoop through all of their shit. Yeah. Is to literally go room by room and investigate everything they He's own. He's just looking around. He reads Ooh. her diary. I'm like, Aragon. It's her poem. Aragon, it's not her diary. You, you are there to apologize to this woman. Stand in the doorway awkwardly like you're supposed to. You do not go through every, like, unbelievable. Unbelievable behavior from this young idiot. Yeah, yeah. Shame on you. For shame. Um, Aragon uh, is like, fuck this. I need some meat. And then kills some animals, and then is like, fuck, I can't eat them. Because I have, like, been inside their mind. And so, Narafin I feel weird says, about it. what's wrong with the little stocking? Well. Well, I mean, Nynaeve would agree with you. True. Uh, Nynaeve stalks everyone. Then, uh, Saphira and Glader fight, because Saphira's like, I want you to fuck me. And Glader's like, no. And, and then Saphira, Saphira attacks, attacks Glader for not fucking her. Yes. Uh, and then, um... And so Aragon is like, apologize. And she's like, What? <laughs> You tell me to do shit all the time. Yeah. And the one time I tell you to do shit. Yeah, yeah. And then Aragon's been struggling with his back. He's disappointed. Everyone's disappointed that he's not great. Uh, and so... He's not we're great. We're going to get to your favorite thing about the book. My favorite, yeah. Uh, it's the Agati Bloodrun um, Blood Oath Celebration where uh, it's like three days long. Um, Aragon and Saphira are both tasked with like bringing something that's like not like magical, but like is like, you know, some something personal, something, some artwork... To contribute to that the That they didn't make with magic. Yeah, yeah. But, well, kind of. Well, Saphira's fire technically is magic. Yeah. But, like, she still made it, right? Yeah. She didn't cast a spell and it turned into a thing. She, like, lit the fire so hot and then licked it and it, it was cool. It turned into a cool thing. Yeah, she licked the molten um, rock. It's dope. Yeah, and then uh, Aragon writes this, like, poem about his, like, life up to, like, defeating Durza. Yeah. Um, which, uh, is, is really cool. It's really cool. The elves it's a little are, emo. You it's know. a little emo, but the I elves are, like... I also love that the elves are really impressed by it, but previously he read it to Ormus, and Ormus was like, eh, it's all right. Well, yeah. Ormus is like, it's Ormus fine. Is never it's impressed. your very first thing. But, like, the, the reason that the elves appreciate it is because of its honesty, right? And Zanzadi is like, well, I think we now understand you better. Mm -hmm. Like this, like, and that's why I think that they're so taken with it. Yeah. yeah it's not the most like elegant of prose. Um, but it shall go into the, the hall the of records. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, two hot naked ladies do a dragon dance and their <laughs> tattoo becomes a dragon in the sky. Yes. And then this. And, and this, it boops him on the snoot. Yeah. And this is where uh -huh. I, I have a little bit of a struggle with the book. Because on the one hand. This scene is fucking rad. Yeah. The way it's described, everything about it. On the other hand, Aragon kind of has all of his problems fixed magically for very little. He doesn't earn it. Really? And it he is 
He's crippled in a way that is narratively very interesting, mm-hmm. and he is healed before he is ever put into any danger because of it. See, a danger I can agree with, but I think that, like, Aragon earns this because he powers through despite having, like, five seizures a day, right? Like, because there are moments where he, like, almost gives up, and Ormus is like, anything but that. Do not give up. Do not give up. No matter what your lot is in life, you have to just keep moving forward. And I think that Aragon earns this because he doesn't give up. If he had left, if he had if he had not been at the celebration, if he had stopped his training, if he wasn't trying so hard, I don't think that he gets this moment. I think that this moment is like to do what needs to be done and because like you are the person for this, and you've proven that by your sheer, like, determination of will and not stopping despite being in, like, crippling pain and being mm-hmm. changed as a person. I I would agree with that if it was just that his back was healed. But it's that it, it is a magical moment where he is now, has super strength, super vision, super hearing. They make him an elf, Yeah. So that he can he stand up He has more to... magic power. He is healed of all scars. Even like the scars from Saphir on his legs. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is, it's, it's more of the like. I don't think they like cherry picked, you know? No, no, but it's not about cherry picking. It's about <laughs> narratively. I think that it is very interesting for him to be struggling with his condition. And he never struggles through any actual like narrative tension through it. It is just a thing that he is, like, enduring in the safest place in the world. And I wish that before he had been healed, we could have seen... Even if it was just, like, a moment in the woods where Aragorn can't save Saphira from something, right? In Dwelden Varden. Just some narrative tension built into the fact that his back is a, a very real problem for him beyond having to endure it in the safety of the woods. And then he gets healed and he is just a different character, right? Because Aragon post back healing is a above par riddler, right? Why? He solves the ring immediately. Yeah, but that's becomes... not riddles. That is because he can literally feel the intricacies of the, of the metal and but how it's put together. But that is 100% my point, right? He becomes smarter. He starts to learn faster. He is... Learn faster. He learned everything at this point. No, no. He They're literally, only there for like he a couple literally more is more intelligent after this, right? Like, it changes every aspect of who he is as a character in a way that is fine. I just wish that he earned it a little bit more than like these two magic creatures we've never seen, these two magic characters we've never seen before mm-hmm. come in, do this magic thing and then leave. Mm-hmm. And then he is functionally a different th- everything after this point. Okay. And I don't know, I don't know what would change that. I think maybe if it was like something that Arya instituted so at least it came from a character we knew. But it it's just... meant to be the dragons, right? The elves can't accomplish something like that. It is the dragons, it is mm-hmm. the literal like ancestral like history of the dragons personified into this like uh, visualization of their pact that and because they they aragon is like i can feel this thing has a consciousness it is not magic it is but it is magic because the dragons are magic and so so it's i i think it has to come from the dragons i don't think there's any other source where it would work uh i was a chef thank you so much for that super chat 
Uh, it doesn't bother me because despite he's becoming super everything, he still isn't anywhere near strong enough to beat the big bads. I think that's an interesting yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shadowling, uh, thank you for that super chat. The issue is Paolini <gasps> made his elves far too strong. If they were just immortal and very skilled in the ancient language, it would work, but they're also stronger, faster. So Aragon will always lose to an elf. Yeah, I agree with that to some extent. Yeah, he kind of had to put them on par. Yeah. Uh, w with them, because yeah, otherwise like otherwise and also the mag the elves books. are better at magic and the elves are yeah yeah. Well, the elves aren't necessarily like, well, better at magic. They just have, like, an inherent magical ability to, like, sing. Well, like. While the elves in Lord of the Rings are, like, gifted, mm -hmm. they are, like, it, you could see Aragorn and an elf fighting. And, and granted, Aragorn is also gifted, right? Um, he is Numenorian. But, like, Gimli still has value in a fight next to Legolas. Right. He's not useless. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, humans next to the elves are kind of useless. Yeah, but there's not very many elves left. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. But it, I, I, I do understand that point. I just think that, I think that for for so much of this book, Aragorn, Aragorn is just sort of in like narrative limbo. He's learning, and it's it is interesting to learn about the world building because the world building is good. Yeah. But there's very little tension in it, other than like I might be needed at some point in the future. Yeah. And his his healing kind of comes in the safest place possible. Sure. And. I think that if there was more tension in the moment, if it came when he needed to leave and there was an element of like, oh, I, I, and maybe that's what it is. I think that it's, he's healed before he needs to go. And so he's healed when like, okay, I, now I'm great. And I can go back to training and like, it, I, I don't know what it's missing. It's just missing something to take it to that next level of being deeper outside of the scene being very good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Also, he just, I, I, I kind of don't like, in the final battle, he wears down so quickly because he's doing all of these things that, like, his super what do you mean strength. So quickly? He's fighting all day. Yeah, but humans fight all day. Uh huh. He's not like. And he is he is using his strength to protect like six different people. So he is tiring not, out. Like I'm not arguing with that. Okay. I, I totally understand that his like magical strength is diminishing, and I get that that affects his body. That is his strength. We just never get to see. We never get to see his super strength change the tension of a moment right? well and that's why like he's like oh if we were fighting when i was well rested like i would it would be faster and stronger uh right mm -hmm. but like be, it, the only reason murtag wins is because aragon is exhausted by actually fighting well, all day no but we don't know why yet what it's more complicated than that but we, we're not we don't know the reason why yet right partially but like in, in well, no but Mur murtag isn't a human anymore <laughs> like murtag is not a normal person he murtag is also yeah he 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 has i don't want to spoil help. some yeah, yeah. some th some reveals that haven't come up yet yes. but like murtag is not just showing up like he was no, but while aragon is fighting him he's like oh if i was at full strength like i think this would like i think i could i think i could win this yeah, maybe. Because he, he has that, like, you know, elf-like physical prowess. But, and, and maybe not. Like, who knows? I just think that but. it's... I just think that it is a weird moment of... We level Aragon up because we need the, him to be able to fight another character that we've also leveled up. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's how fantasy series but I, yeah i just i i i wish it kind of came from aragon a little bit more or or at least you know what i think would help me i think i wish some of it came from aragon 
Okay. I wish some of it was the 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 thing and some of it was him or or like Sephira. If Aragon went into like a dream trance or whatever, and there was like a dragon there, and the dragon like tested him somehow or something. Like, he had to earn the gift. Yeah, something like that. Okay, sure. Just some element of it to, like, make it about him a little bit more. Okay. Rather than it kind of feeling like the elves are like, we need to do something drastic because this guy's not it. Well, the elves didn't do anything. But they did. No. Yeah, they did. No, they they didn't. Yeah, because it's two elves magic. Yeah, they do this every year. The dragon comes to life and it celebrates them, but the dragon speaking to Aragon and doing this to him has never happened before. But, but you can't divorce the elves and the dragons in that, right? Well, yeah, the, 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 this happens every, but, every but hundred it, years. But it isn't the dragons did it and the elves aren't involved. The elves... I mean, it's, it's at them the elf together. celebration. No, it's but it's it is magic that comes from an elf an elvish spell that ties them together. It's not a spell. No, 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 but it is. The, the, so this celebration, yeah. right, is the, like, renewing of the vows of the elvish spell that tied dragons and elves together. Yeah. And so it, it, it you can't, like, divorce the dragon magic and the elf magic from this moment. Yeah, but it the elves the had confluence. nothing to do with this gift. I don't think that that is true. How would they? They because don't the even know it's possible. Because the two elves that are carrying the the dragon tattoo, uh-huh. right? They are a part of this magic as much as the dragon. I think is. they are just the hosts for the the consciousness and the tattoo. But but the magic doesn't exist without that, right? No, so the, is, the dragons are magic. They 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 literally are the embodiment of magic. Isn't a real dragon. Yeah, which is why it is, it is magic. The, but no, but it is the physical manifestation of the connection between dragons and elves. I mean the the because the elves or because the dragons are inherently like magical beings. I don't think that the elves had anything to do with this dragon blessing Aragon. I like they're yeah they they're like a conduit for the the dragon to appear through magic mm-hmm. and like bless Aragon. I think that that is like saying that like when a man gives when when a man and a woman give birth and the guys like. I did that. And the woman's like, I kind of, I did a big part of it though when I like was the conduit. So you're invalidating your own point. What? No, I'm not. Yeah, if the guy, yeah, I'm the, saying the that the woman the guys, who carried the guy it is involved. did nothing. The guy did nothing. No, I'm saying the guy, the dragon is the guy in this metaphor. The dragon is the guy. What? Yeah, no. Because he delivered the seed. No, no, no. In this metaphor, the elves are the man and the dragon is the woman who actually gave birth and was pregnant for nine months. I don't know. I, I think it's. I think it's. I, I. I think it is longer term than that. Yeah, Joe Berlin is right. We'll talk about this again in book four. I. I. But I think that it. I. I don't think this <laughs> magic exists from dragons. I think that this is the magic of two races carrying a bond over generations. Right. But the, and that's but what the dragons makes this possible. Are magic? The elves only became magical because they linked with dragons. Right. The magic yeah. comes solely from the dragons. It doesn't matter. This is such a like, this is such a like in the weeds, very silly conversation. Um, Arazu and Shadowling, I do want to say thank you again. Yeah, thank for you for those the super chats. Super chats, really appreciate it. The guy delivered fifty percent of the software. Sure, yeah, yeah. I I just never like I just never read the um I, I I never like read it and thought that it came from the elves at all. So it is interesting to me. That, I thought it like, came from the magic of their bond. I didn't, I, I didn't think, I thought that like this was magic that came from the magic of the dragon rider bond, which is elvish magic that ties them together, right? It's not, el- it is dragon magic. 
What? The elves were not really magical before it took bonding the elves with the dragons. Eight years to make the spell. To say that they didn't yeah. do that part of it is not fair to them. They they came You're up like with it. You're like cutting out like the fact that they did the magic that yeah, tied but, them together. But the the elves being magical beings didn't happen until after that connection. Like they did have a handful of spellcasters and they did have yeah. people who work on it. But like the, But the bond between dragons and elves comes from the elves. It they made the spell and they cast the spell. They came up the, with the like the dragons were not capable of, of intentional no, the magic. Were, the dragons are the one who ones who made it capable. They no, no, wouldn't no, have the, had the, the dragons have magic, right? Yeah, but they can't make it do things that they want it to do. It th- they they can occasionally do things, but it's not an intentional thing that they can do, right? Sephira and the elves brought Brahm's tombstone. I know, but again, like she said, she didn't know what was going to happen, and she didn't do that intentionally. She just put magic into it, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. The the elves brought intention and the ability to tie it together, mm-hmm. and so by bonding them together, those the, the their magics infused with one another, and they were able to bring more intention to the dragon's wild magic, and the elves were able to have more magic. Okay. But, but the elves, the, the dragons weren't capable of spells, right? And still aren't, right? They're, uh, Sephira's only capable of intentional spells through Aragon by giving her power to well, Aragon. Well, I mean, she does... She, she, this is, this she is does just what promise is to fix Isidar Mithrim. But this is just what's in the book, right? Is mm-hmm. like, dragons can't like just use magic willy-nilly on whatever they want to happen. Elves can. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the difference. That's why, like, the blending of their magic was so important. Yeah. We'll talk about this more in uh, book four. <laughs> uh, Arzu, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for that super chat. I disagree. I don't want it related to Aragon. The dragons need hope for the future, and this blessing is whatever desperate help they can give the last champion for their race. It's about them and their future, not Aragon. Interesting. I okay. I I think that that is totally a valid way of looking at it, and mm-hmm. I totally understand where you're coming from. I just don't think it is as na- narratively satisfying an end to the to Durza's crippling of Aragon, right? I would like for Aragon to have to overcome something while he is dealing with that mm-hmm. before it is magically wiped off the board. And yeah. I totally understand the why. The why is strong. It is that Aragon is never really in any danger while he is crippled. Right. And that to me I think is just a little bit narratively like less interesting because you you give him this wound that matters so much and you take away the wound before he ever actually has to deal with it in a scenario where there are stakes. Yeah. He only is ever in, he only ever fights with his wound while the swords are blunted and he is safe because no one is going to kill him. He never fights on a battlefield with it. He never, he never like is in a situation where I felt like, oh my God, is he going to have a seizure before he solves this problem? And that is that narratively the value of a situation like this is you put your hero in a situation where I have to worry about him. Mm-hmm. And I never really had to worry about him because he's only ever crippled in the safety of Dualden Barden. Yeah, Aragon's not really in danger for most of this book. But I, I do think that the satisfaction comes from like Aragon's like journey and growth through like learning while he's there and his like perseverance. Sure, yeah, yeah, and that, that, that which, stuff's great, yeah. Yeah, which, like, you know, for some people, that's going to be more important or less important than, like, than for you, like, having, like, the change come from Aragon and having to earn it or, like, being in danger. Um, I just think this book is, like, it's 800 pages, and Aragon is, Aragon isn't really in any sort of narrative tension until the end, other than Arya doesn't want to fuck me because she's 100. And so Rorin brings all of the, like, narrative tension to this book Mm -hmm. because he's the only one who's actually, like, doing things 
and Aragon is, or or is in it is in at risk of anything. Yeah, Aragon's never really at risk of anything. He's kind. The 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 kid gloves are kind of on, and it's a huge departure from the first book where he's always at risk. Mm-hmm. And so the first book has this like energy of like, oh, we've got to get here, we've got to get here, we've got to move, we got to move, we got to move. And then book two is like, we got to sit. Everything's fine. We're in a glade in a protected forest in the middle of nowhere, and no one can get to us. So how do you feel about ants? I and I, I think kinda... that like that 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 break is interesting for the world building and maybe a little bit less interesting for the narrative of like Aragon's plot. I I kind of love that the book is not afraid to like take time mm-hmm. to to have our character uh like grow and change because like Aragon learns so much throughout this and it's totally believable to me. Like mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of fantasy series where it's like they spent two and a half weeks on the road and he became the best swordsman ever and you're like I know, but oh. you say that, and, like, in this one, Rorin picks up a hammer and became the greatest hammer fighter on the planet. Well, that's uh, Rorin's not, like, fighting anyone who's actually skilled. I mean, he's fighting trained soldiers. Trained soldiers. Sure, yeah. I mean, they're traveling with the Razak. Like, I'm assuming they're trained soldiers. Yeah, they're not trained. I'm not talking about the ones in Narda. I'm talking about the ones that are, like, Galbatorix's go-capture-people soldiers. Yeah, who, like, do end up capturing Katrina because the only way Rorin fights them... No, the Razak do. The soldiers are fucking useless. The only way that Rorin defeats them is when he surprises them. Or when they put Katrina in immediate danger and then he, like, lashes out. He kills, like, three people Mm -hmm. at the edge of town. With a hammer. By surprise, yeah. No, they 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 have the element of surprise in that fight. Which fight are you talking about? The time when the, after they build the after they erect the um the trees, right? And they're they've got like their protective barrier. Yeah. The one Razak is on the one side of town. He's like, oh no, it's a trap. And then he runs over with Sloan, and he kills like three people with his hammer. And they had the element of surprise in that fight. And so it it, it is an element of like Roran becomes a trained warrior with a weapon that is hard to fight swords with. Oh, I just assumed a hammer was very, very easy to use. You just swing and it goes bang. No. Like you're not doing sword forms with a hammer. I know, know, but swords are so much faster. And so you are you are at a disadvantage fighting a sword if you are not trained. Like a trained soldier with a sword is going to beat a man with a hammer who's never fought with a hammer before in his entire life. He's never fought a man before. I think Albatorix's training program needs some work. Sure, I'm just saying that Roran becomes... Roran takes out so many people so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, no, that's fair. Yeah. He's uh, Aragon's cousin. And so it's it's the problem of, like, the book one spends so much time explaining how Aragon gets good with stuff, and then book two is like, and then Roran's just great. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, but I do love that about, like, Aragon's story is that, like, there there is so much growth, and it does feel believable for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I Whether or not, you know, you feel that way for Roran, that's different, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so Aragon becomes god tier uh, and starts to, like, scry things, and is like, oh, shit. The Varden are in danger. Yeah. Arya has already left. Yeah. Uh, Arya's at a council for war because she's like, I can't be with you, Aragon. You're a child. Which, she... fair. Like, yeah. Arya, fair. Fair. Um, Aragon also learns the secrets where you can use energy not from your own body. Mm, yeah. To cast spells. Which you don't do because it's Very dangerous. see Yeah. Yeah. Thank God Galbatorx doesn't know that one. Does he not? No. Oh, interesting. Um... And, uh, yeah, so they leave. And, uh... <laughs> oh, Blogden is like, <laughs> you're like your dad. And Aragon's like, I beg your pardon? And then he flies away. Yeah. 
Which is interesting because it doesn't matter. We'll get into it in later books. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Spoilers. Um, Aragon uh, goes to see Oramis. Uh, oh, he scries Roran and he's like, oh, Roran's on a boat. Good for with, him. With Jode? What the fuck? Carvajal's been destroyed and he's like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, he gets a belt. A belt off the wise. Um, and he gets uh, some uh, alcohol, to, to some magic alcohol. Yeah, he's the Armis is like, this will fill you up if you need it. Don't worry. Don't ask questions. Um, and he makes Aragon promise to return to finish his training. Yeah, and uh, one of the things, we didn't really talk about it, but uh, he learns from Ormus that he can uh, infuse his magic. He can basically turn gemstones into batteries. Uh, and so he now has 12 diamonds and the ruby in the hilt of uh, Zarok. Yes. Uh, to infuse with his magical powers. Yes. Um, Store energy. And so remember that. Gemstones can hold magic. Yes. One thing that I wish Aragon tried, I wish that he was like, gemstones, wait. Safira, you look like gemstones. I'm going to infuse your scales. scales. (laughs) That would be wild. Or the spikes on her back. Um, Oh, my God. And so he uh, goes to Auric and is like, hey, Auric, you want to fly on a dragon? And he's like, no No. dwarf has ever flown. Also, listening to the audiobook, Murtag is Scottish. Uh... But Auric isn't, which fucking threw me through a goddamn loop. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's fair. Murtag comes out. He's like, oh, Aragon. No, that's Oric. We've got this. No, no. In the audiobook, Murtag's the Scottish one. Oh, you were just talking about Oric. No, so. no. But Murtag comes down and is like, we've got the same father, Aragon. And I'm like, is Galbatorix going to be... you change your fate. <laughs> if Galbatorix isn't Scottish in the audiobook when we get to him, why is Murtag Scottish? Couldn't tell ya. Why is Saphira uh, fucking... Yeah. <laughs> fucking Dormammu. Uh, Sylvia, he, he does not realize that the ring contains energy yet. Sylvia. Spoilers. Um, but yes. Yes. That ring is going to be useful. Don't. that The spoilers. Um, <laughs> spoilers. Sorry. My bad. Um, um, what? Yeah, what yep. They fly. Uh, Auric is the I first dwarf. I guess Morzan is Scottish. Morzan must be Scottish. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, his mom. Or no. Maybe Selena was Scottish. No. But why would no, she? No. But then Garrow would also have a Scottish accent. But Morzan barely raised Murtag. You learn words when you're. You don't learn. You don't like three years keep old. your accent from three on. If if Galbatorx, Galbatorx must be Scottish. Must be. Must be. Which Scottish. implies that like only the people of Urubain are Scottish, Love and it. everyone around the capital the isn't Scots. for some reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, the the Urgles should be the Scots, just running around in kilts. So, uh, Aragon flies to Serta in like a couple days because uh, Saphira's big now, and, and they get some wind that helps them along. The Varden shoot at her. Well, to be fair, they go to they go to Serta first, and they're like, "Oh, uh, they're not Serta. here. They're not here. You have yeah. to go to the burning plains." And then they fly to the burning plains. No, but we and the can't Varden skip over them. No, the 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 Varden shoot at him at. The Varden are not in Serta. They are at the burning plains. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I went backwards. Um, yeah. So they go to Serta, and they meet a guy who's like, "Oh, they're probably here." And he's like, "Okay, cool. I'll go there." Uh, and they <laughs> go there. They're like, "Oh my God, dragon, shoot arrows!" And, and Aragon is like, "Aragon is like, guys, great work." let's maybe next time like take check the color of the dragon yeah take a second mine's blue yeah this is Sephira Shuriken's black yeah uh, but uh, we're not he's like we're gonna have them all drawn and quartered and Aragorn's like no 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 we need we need yeah, literally like, it's fine everybody really like I'm okay I also love the one name of the dwarf earlier in the book his name is Shrugnain and you're like why is that a noise yeah, like, and also Aragon can't pronounce it. I'm okay. amazed that you can. Uh, I've listened to the audiobooks. As a dyslexic, that name is... You're like, rude. That's fucking rude. Letters. 
Yeah. What's up, letters? Shrukin and Shrugnein. Same thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, Why can't you just good. name things like One Piece? Where, like, Nami's mom is Belmare, which means good mom. Wait, really? Yeah, Nami's mom's name is good French mom. for good mom. Good mom. Uh, love that. Which I think is very funny. Um, um, so, uh... the Burning Plains. Yeah. He meets Elva? Yeah, he's like, dude, I'm so fucking sorry. And Elva's like, you fucking like, better be. Elva's like, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna give you this information to torment you and so that you know how I feel. And Aragon's like, so I might be able to, like, lift... I might be able to fix that. I do appreciate Elva, though, because she's like, yeah, 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 that's great if you can. Don't know if I'd buy it, but if you can... But, like, wait until after this, because I am actually... Like, even Elva's practical about it. It's like, this is actually kind of useful at the moment, so let's... Yeah. I, I'll stay in hell for a bit. Wait, just wait, wait, wait a couple of days. Um, um, Angela delivers a monologue of insults, which is beautiful. Um, and uh, Aragon is like, yeah, and no, Aragon is like, oh, maybe I should date Angela. She's kind of <laughs> hot. I think Aragon likes being talked down to. Oh, uh, that actually explains I a lot. I think Aragon has a humiliation kink. That explains yeah. a lot. Um, why he still pursues Arya after everything. Uh, and then he does take control of Durang Gargata. He's like, hey, guys, we're going to set up chain of command. I yeah. just, you guys mostly do your own thing. But if you find a magician, let me know. I'll help. We'll take him out. It'll be easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. And then uh, the Urgles show up. And yeah. they're like, oh, fuck. It's Nagarshvag. war time. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. What? Nagarshvag is the Urgle. Why do you know the that? Because how many times do you think I've read these books? Do you think I was exaggerating? I don't After know. After Stanley is literally how I greeted Josh yeah. when we were in fucking high school. You know what I mean? Like, God, I was a fucking, a fucking nerd. nerd. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Nagarshvog shows up and is like, hey, we fucking hate Galbatorix. Can we make like a pact? You kill him and you give us some land and we'll be Gucci. And Nazwada's like, okay, fair. This is without a doubt the most interesting choice that this book makes. Mm-hmm. To not just have the Urgles be Galbatorx's army the whole time. Yes. Like, this is this is where... And we'll get more into the Urgles, obviously, as we learn more about them in the next two books. Yeah. But this is, without a doubt, one of the more interesting pieces of these novels. Yeah, they come to the Varden and they're yeah. like, we were tricked. We were betrayed. Galbatorix yeah. and Durza literally twisted I don't know the if they minds. Were tricked, but they were betrayed. No, no, no. Durza literally. Uh, I know, but like, they were very much down for the war. It's not like they were like we were peaceful, and then they convinced us to be warmongering. No, yeah, they were already warmongering. Yeah, but like that's much easier to convince people to fight than like peaceful people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's how the Urgles like gain honor is through fighting. Yeah, and they're like Durza. Durza betrayed us. We we got screwed over, and we want revenge. Great motivator. Um, and uh, I agree with Naswada here. I think it's a yeah. It's a really cool. Um, it's a real cool twist that takes this series away from some of the influences on this series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For it allows sure. the series to stand on its own a little bit more, and I, I like that Eldest does a lot to separate um, from the very direct influences of the first book. Yes. You know? Yeah, and it also, like, does a lot to play into Aragorn's prejudice based on the first book. Like, based within Paolini's own writing, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Aragorn has this, like, very, like, black and white view of the Urgles and that they are evil until he, like... Uh, until they, they literally die for him. <laughs> well, no, uh, he until he goes into their minds. Mm, and yeah. he sees that they are very intelligent. He's like, fucking Nagarshvab's smarter than I am. I'm a fucking idiot compared to this guy. He's well, actually you're a knows mediocre what he's doing. riddler. 
And Nargarshvog. Aragorn, mediocre Riddler, okay? Nargarshvog won uh, the Urgle Riddle competition every year. Absolutely he did. Um, And so, you know, the Nazwada's like, hey, the Urgles, I want them to help protect you. And Aragorn is like, no, but then... He examines her minds, and Saphir is like, "Stop being a fucking idiot." And well, but Aragon this is, is like, after this is right, this scene happens. So first, Naswad is like, "We're gonna fight with the Urgles." Yeah, yeah. And then later that night, in, it's dark, and Aragon's like, "What the fuck is going on in the, between the battlefields between the hundred thousand soldiers and us?" And it's like, "Is that fucking what is Angela doing?" What is Angela doing. He's like, "Angela, what are you doing?" And she's like, "No, no, no, shut up! I wanted to be a surprise." And he's like, "Shut up! Don't no, ask. no, I'm sorry. You you have to give us more than that. This is suspicious." And she's like. But it'll be more fun if it's a surprise. (laughs) And then Nasawada comes over and is like, trust Angela to have these three call with you. And Aragorn's like, I don't want him. And Nasawada's like, shut up, Aragorn. Just shut up. Yeah, yeah. Do what I say. I am your liege lord. We're trying to have a little bit of fun with this fight, okay? Shut the fuck up, dude. Yep. And uh, that next morning. Well, yeah, the messenger comes over and is like, all right, fuck you. Here's the head of your messenger. And uh, Aragorn's like, do I kill him? Nazwada's like, no. And then Saphira roars, which scares his horse so badly that he falls into a raging inferno that pops out of the ground and kills the messenger anyways. Seems fucking hilarious. It is. It's great. Don't kill him. (laughs) Saphira's like, hold my beer. Hold hold my beer. Saphira's like, hey, Aragorn, remember how you swore fealty, but I fucking didn't? I didn't. Fuck this guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, She does not give a fuck. And uh, so the next morning, the battle begins. It begins with screaming from the bad guy's camp because Angela poisoned everybody. Poison. And the fighting begins. It's bad. Uh, Yeah, they're doing their best. The Surdens are getting fucked up pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They're overmatched. Uh, most, it's a lot of soldiers. Most of Aragon's uh, retinue of protectors die. Uh, He's like, not of people? Yeah. Well... So, the, all three of the cold die, uh, and like half the dwarves die. Do they? I don't remember that. Yeah, they're like falling. It's like not good. Cause it, it's going down. Yeah, he, Aragon can't like Aragon can't protect them as much because he's trying to protect the important people. The only part that I remember about his guards is that like Aragon's about to get attacked and then his guards rush in and fucking murk them all instantly. And Nargarshvog yeah. is like, "Good fight!" And Orc is like, "Good fight!" And, and then Orc and Nargarshvog make out in oh, the middle it's hot. of the battle. It's yeah. really, really hot. They yeah. have like a Mister and Mrs. Smith moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very sexy. Um, but uh, the. It's a it's a giant battle and like there's just fucking magic going on. There's mind delving. People are fucking dying like crazy. Yeah. Aragon's knocking out platoons. Yeah. And despite all that, uh, despite all of the strength in the belt of Belthar the Wise, despite the Bella, whatever I'm dyslexic. Uh, despite the uh, ruby in Zarok, despite the advanced tactics and the dragon armor, they are losing. Yeah. And it seems mm-hmm. like all is lost. Yeah, and so Nazwad is like, we need you to make a show of things. Mm-hmm. So they go out, they kill some people, and they see Horathgar and the dwarves approaching. Let's go! The dwarves are here. Uh, and then a red <laughs> the dragon comes day. down and immediately murders Horathgar. Uh, well, first of all, they learn that the ship is on its way first. First. I just want to be very clear. Uh, they're like, Aragon, there's a ship. Uh, well, actually, no, a lot happens before the dra- dragon. The, there's the ship. Aragon flies over and is like, I'm going to fucking kill these people. And Wait. he's like, oh shit, Rorin. Oh, oh, Is hey. that my cousin? That's my cousin. Hey. Yo, what's up, cuz? Hey. How you doing? Make sure you get somewhere safe. There's a battle going on over here, so... And Rorin's like, no, I'm actually really good at hammering people. I mean, um, wait, that sounded wrong. Uh, I'm really good at hammering. Nope. He fucked Katrina once and he thinks he's really good at it. 
He, and I love that Ronan is like, hey, I need you to take everyone on the ship somewhere else. I am going to go, solo, go solo this armor, this yeah. army. Yeah, he actually... Uh, Don't follow me into battle. Yeah. I am a one-man fucking... I have fought six guards, and so I am ready to one-man army. Put me in, coach. And guess what? He he is? Yeah, like, <laughs> he, does, he does good. Uh, it's a ship filled with angry ghosts. No, this is... Um, this is actually the book version of Lord of the Rings where yeah. they collected people down the coast, not the uh, movie version where they bring the ghosts. Yeah, yeah, different different version. Um, the movie brought the ghosts all the way to Minas Tirith, uh, but in the books, actually, Aragorn uh, lets them out of their oaths earlier on in the story. <laughs> so That's fun. That's one of the changes that Peter Jackson made that I think uh, is fine because the ghost going up the stairs of Minas Tirith. It's a cool visual. And honestly, it looks cool. the best visual of it is the ghost taking down the elephant. Oh, the elephant! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is the best visual of the ghost. Yeah, that's strike. Right. Fuck. Nope. Can't talk about it. God damn it. What am I doing? Uh, it's fine. Uh, a, a rider I need appears. The strike to be over. Uh, a rider appears and uh, kills Hrothgar. Well, um, like, pew pew. Roran kills the twins first. Nope, that does not happen first. Never mind. Uh, it happens. Roran kills the twins later. Yeah, it happens in the middle of their fight. This is why I've read these books so many times. Um. <laughs> Um, actually, um, that's actually. what I'm doing all day. You need to go on um, actually, but it has Just to be only questions about Aragon because you don't know anything else. Pretty much. Pretty much. I know a lot about Harry And all the but... questions end up being about the Aragon movies. You're just sitting there steaming, oh man. I would lose my shit. Uh, Ryder appears, kills Hrothgar. They, like, boom, fight in the air. Claw, attack, fight. Yeah. Aragon throws himself off Sephira and, like, slices through the The dragon leg. is weirdly almost as big as Sephira. Yeah, very strange. Very mm -hmm. strange. That's not normal. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they fight. And then, and then uh, the riders fight. And uh, Aragon gets his little booty kicked. Yeah, um, no, then we get weak. Aragorn's coolest move ever, where he jumps <laughs> where he off of Sephira. That's what I, yeah. What? Oh, I, okay. No, he jumps off of Sephira. And slices the dragon. And dives down towards the ground, because they're above. Yeah. He slices Thorn's leg, and then is like, Sephira, catch me! And she's like, what the fuck are you doing, you dumb fuck? <laughs> she's like, never do that ever again. Uh, and, then they, and then him and fucking this guy are fighting on the ground, because Thorn is hurt. Um, well, no, he heals him immediately. Well, he was hurt. He's not. Yeah, he's not hurt anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's super powerful. He has so much more magic than Aragon does somehow. Super weird. And then they fight with their minds, and weirdly, it feels like there's more minds in the one mind. That's. I wonder what that means. Super suspicious. Can't imagine what that would be. Um, I'm sure it won't be brought up in later books. Definitely not important. Or relevant to um, the ending of the series. And so Aragon throws himself at the guy, and like their swords get like pinned between the bodies, and he like throws off his helmet and surprise it's Murtag because he what? did a little spinny thingy with his sword what uh Murtag is there oh my gosh and he has a dragon now so and then crazy we get, then we get like arguably I wish that this moment was a little bit tighter wait really I oh my god hate... well Gavatorx told me I had to try and capture you and I tried so bye and I'm like no, I love that because All it shows right. that Murtag, like, hates the situation that he's put in. He doesn't want to fucking... He'll do anything to undermine Galbatorx's hold on him. He is, he, he did what he was told only up until he, what he was told. And then he fucks off. Yeah. That, like, that, is, shows, that is what happens. It shows Murtag still is, like, uh, like wants to be a good person. Uh, yeah, it, it is just like one of those, it, it, I understand that that is the reason the book gives, mm -hmm. but it does let 
Aragon off the hook at the end of this book. What do you mean off the hook? Well, like he's like so he's so overmatched after doing all of this training. Yeah. And then Murtag lets him go. Yeah. And like yeah, Aragon loses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I also and this is when they watch Roaring kill the twins. And Hrothgar's dead. Well, um, yes, Hrothgar, yeah, that is tragic. But Rorin is, like, sneaking up on the twins, and Aragon is about to, like, transport him out of danger, and Murtag's like, no, I want I want, I want to watch this. And Rorin fucks up the twins, and Murtag yeah. is like, yeah, no, fuck those guys. They were assholes to me. <laughs> I just, I kind of wish that Aragon matched him a little bit better here, so that Murtag had room to grow, rather than Murtag just showing up and besting Aragon immediately. Like, I, I wish that they, I wish it was more of a, like, we're evenly matched and there, it is less, val- it is more valuable for me to take this information back to Galbatorix than it is for me to, like, continue to try and fight you when we're just kind of, like, at each other. Because hmm. the value of Aragon's training with Ormus was, nah, he's still not good enough. No, he, he would have been good enough if he was at full strength. That's the point. Yeah, no, and and that's true too. I just I think that like the the, the book ultimately comes down to like Murtag comes, reveals a bunch of information, and then Murtag like comes up with a reason to leave. When oh yeah, he's like the fuck Albatoris. When the day's won. Yeah, but like what are the oaths that he had Murtag swear? He that says he Murtag has can to fucking try, do what he wants. He has to try and capture no, 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 them. No, no, not what he not what his mission was. What are his oaths to Galbatorix? Because Galbatorix knows his true name. Yeah. Which means that he has, like, dominion over him. And is like, you have to try and capture Aragon's spirit. Because here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. You word it like that because if that means, like, Thorn and Murtag dying, like, like he would rather them escape and try again later than, like, die in the process in case he's not strong enough. So you try and capture them. And then Galbatorx is going to dive into Murtag's memories and be like, oh, you fucking let them go. That's why Murtag says, next time I will have oaths that, like... It's prevent I, that from happening again. I just think that we spent an entire book training Aragon. Mm-hmm. And there's very little payoff of that, in my opinion. Really? I think that the fight the fight ultimately comes down to um I, I think the fight ultimately comes down to a very similar situation to the first book. And I wish that it didn't. I wish that it played out differently than the end of the first book, where Aragon gets lucky at the end that Murtag's oaths have a loophole. Because Aragon literally only survives because Murtag's oaths have a loophole, right? Yeah. And that to me is just like, it's okay. It's just that we've now had two endings where we've just kind of like thrown ourselves into a big battle that Aragon wasn't ready for that ended with like Aragon getting lucky. See, I find that so interesting for Murtag and what that means for the next time they see one another. It is more interesting for Murtag than it is for Aragon. No, it's not because Aragon is like in a position where he's like, I have to kill Murtag even though Murtag doesn't want to be in this position that he's in. But Aragon is never in that position because he can't kill Murtag. He is not strong enough and not good enough. Well, not Murtag, in that moment. Murtag is better than him in every single way here. Only because Aragon is tired. No, we know that that's not true. We know that that's not true. No, at this point in time, it is true. It is, I'm telling you, at this point in time, it is true. Because I know what you're thinking about. Aragon, Aragon has less magic than Murtag here. but And Aragon is tired. But Aragon... What, well, I mean, he has less magic at this point. It's the end of the day. He's used all of his magical reserves. 
Oh, he's like energy from his body. But Aragon's like Aragon's physical body is not is not stronger. Is not weaker because he's tired. Yes, it is. That's the no, whole. No, he point. takes the energy from the horse to, so that he has his like physical he energy. He takes it like a little bit to stop his limbs shaking, but that doesn't like replenish his whole stock of energy. Like he, the energy used for magic is the energy that is used to literally make your body function. Make sure I agree with practically like, hard beat. I would argue that he didn't actually try to capture him since he would have succeeded if he actually tried. I agree with that. And I think that that is kind of what I'm getting at. That's kind of my issue with it. All right. Is that Murtag, it's kind of like the Aes Sedai where the Aes Sedai get around their oaths by like believing that they're not lying. Yeah, that's and exactly like, that's, what it is. Yeah. yeah, I know. And But that's like, that's like lucky bullshit. Well, no, I want Aragorn to like to, have like. If you were a blind person who didn't know that like this door was white, then I didn't know, I don't know that door is white. So I could be like the door That there is, is not blue. the same as Murtag winning this fight mm -hmm. very convincingly uh -huh. and then being like, I tried, I'm going to leave now. Like he he's tried. like, I tried until I didn't want to try anymore is, is, is weak. And I think that Galbatorx would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But uh, no. Well, yeah. Galbatorx gets pissed. And Murtag knows this. He says, next time I see you, I'm not going to be able to let you go again because Galbatorx is going to know exactly what happened. And that's why Murtag literally puts himself in a position of harm to let Aragorn go. He knows him and Thorne are going to be punished for this. He knows the king is going to know exactly what happened because the king has control over his real name. Like, I, and again, I think it is more interesting for Murtag than it is for Aragorn because I think that it... I, I think that it the setup of it is that this book ends very similarly to the first book. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that Aragon's training changes how Aragon approaches that battle very much. And I wish that it did. I wish that I got a grander sense of Aragon training with Ormus for all of those months. And I think that it would have been maybe just that if Aragon, if the Varden weren't getting their asses kicked before Murtag showed up. Mm -hmm. And if Murtag showing up had switched the tide of that battle more. Because it should, I, I, and I think that that's what it, maybe it is for me is that despite everything he did with Oramis, Aragon still is losing. And Aragon and the Varden are still losing, even if Murtag doesn't show up, right? They're still getting their asses kicked. And I'm like, well, then why did we spend six months training if, like, it doesn't change these fights, right? And then Murtag shows up and it's like, oh, you thought you were about to win. Nope, Murtag's here. You're fucked. Mm -hmm. right then that shows that Aragon has changed and Aragon's position within the Varden changes their fate but it is another time where the Varden are fucking getting wiped out and then there is a lucky thing that happens and the bad guys just leave and see for me that really sets the stakes of the situation because Aragon's like I still wasn't able to do what I was meant to do I need to figure out how the fuck to 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 win I need, I need to figure this out because I lost we nearly lost like we have we have been lucky so many times we have not succeeded so many times mm -hmm. like I think that like the stakes of that drive his character for the rest of the series yeah yeah they do I, I just would like to see a point where our main character's months of training leads to him winning something. It's kind of the opposite of the Wheel of Time, right? Where, like, those characters are always so good. Aragon, right. no matter how much training he gets, is just never really good enough for the situation. And that, to me, is just kind of like, okay, I, why did I read all of that training then? Like, what is what is the point of a book where there's very little narrative tension if at the end of it, when there is tension... It doesn't, our our main character's ability in that situation isn't changed or, or his outlook or his, the way he approaches the situation isn't changed all that much from how he did the fight the first time. Right? 
I mean, it does feel different to me. And, and that's fair. That's that's. I, I'm. I can only talk from my perception of it. Yeah, right? yeah. I can't like. I can't speak to what your feelings on it were. Yeah, for sure. I just. I don't know. I the. I, I really like the fight with Murtag. Mm-hmm. I think it is interesting, and I like most of their conversation. Mm-hmm. I just wish there was a better reason why Murtag left than like I tried, and I won, and like See, I love he succeeds. That. No, but and and the problem is that he succeeds and then gives up. And I don't know that there's room in his oaths for him to succeed and then decide to give up but he after he succeeded. Succeed. They're not like tied up. He like... kicked the shit out of Aragon. Aragon's fucked. Sure. I mean, Murtag is also fairly drained. Sure, but like Aragon is fucked and he's surrounded by enemies. Like Murtag, all Murtag has to do at that point is fucking drag him away. He and and that's why if they were evenly matched and Murtag had to go get better and Aragon had to go get better, then like the reunion, they're both stronger, they're both more capable. I just think it undermines the the choice that Murtag makes here to let, he lets Aragon go. I know, but there's magic oaths involved. Yeah, and so that's where it, it's the, like the eye to eye, like you said, you can like fulfill your oath to the T. And like I know, to but the, it bugged the... me so much. So it would be unfair for me to complain about it with the Aes Sedai for two years and then to get into Murtag and be like, well, it's different here for me. It's the same problem I have with both things. They're, they are similar, and I have a problem with both of them mm-hmm. in that it ends on Murtag making a choice about an, a magical oath that should be binding him rather than him making a choice because of what he wants to do, Right. But I think it's more interesting if it's what he wants to do. Like when you take away all the choices from Murtag, then that, the end of this doesn't like matter. But that's but that's what that's what Galbatorix's oaths do is they take away his choice. And so either Galbatorix has him locked in oaths that take away his ability to choose. Yeah, they say or you they don't. Have to try but and you can't him. say like Galbatorix has my real name and he controls my actions. It's not up to me. But then I also can make cho- action. I can make choices. Well, yeah, because Galbatorix isn't there. But then what is the point of magical oaths? What do you, what like, do you, like, you know what I mean? He has to try and capture him, and he does try. But once you succeed, you can stop? Like, what, 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 what? No, he made the attempt, didn't actually capture him, beat him, didn't actually capture him, and then walks away. Okay. It's, I don't know. it's not I, my favorite choice. I, I, this is one of my favorite choices in the series, because it sets up Murtag's character so well, and I just feel so badly for him and the situation that he's been put in. Like, his life sucks, and, it, and there's mm-hmm. nothing he can do about it, and he's just trying to survive, and now that he has Thorn, who can be used against him... Like, he's, he's in a worse situation because he is a dragon. And, like, yeah. that relationship between the two of them, like, we're, you know, obviously the book Murtag is coming out, so yeah. we're, we're going to get to read that. But I, I do I do love that part of the novels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan O'Neill says the biggest payoff for the training was him realizing how little the other magicians are compared to him. Kind of, yeah. Uh, he's like, I can see Galbatorius's perspective of just everyone around you are pawns. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And then he chooses to be different. This is going to be fun. I don't really remember much past this point. This is kind of like the last big, uh, other than the very end. Like I remember how they, I I remember how it ends. Yeah. Um, kind of. Um, I don't remember for all the characters. I remember Aragon and Galbatorix's ending. Yeah. With each other. And that's kind of it. I don't remember Aragon's relationship with a lot of people at that point. Um, uh, Eric Wrench Madsen says, could Paulini have made better narrative choices? Sure he could, but for the most part, this book holds together really well. Oh, I agree. I really like yeah. this book. The, I, I, I feel like sometimes we talk about things more because we're trying to work through how we're feeling and it comes off as us being negative about them. Right. When it's more like trying to like 
get to the heart of how we feel. And I, I wish that that came across more. And I know that it doesn't always, and I'm sorry about that. Um, but for, for me, it's more talking through rather than like criticizing, but I know that that's a weird line to draw. Um, yeah. And also that also, that comes down to you as much as like the other people's interpretation and, and people are always going to interpret like, you know, things like tone of voice and like structure mm -hmm. differently. So, yeah. I also think that Aragon as a series has a magic creep problem, um, in that, the way that magic is introduced is very quickly superseded by magic items that take the power levels to this insane extent so quickly. And there, uh, part of the problem with Aragon's journey for me is there aren't any little victories for him to have. And because he spends his whole time training this whole book, we never actually see him help anybody with magic. We never really see Aragon like do anything for anybody else until the final fight where the stakes are too high. And there's no like there, there, there aren't a lot of like ups and downs in terms of Aragon's um, using his ability to, to do anything. He is learning how to do stuff and then he does stuff in the big final battle. But there's not there's no other moments of like Aragon. And part of it is because Aragon keeps fucking up. Right. And with Aragon spends most of his time not training, just trying to hit on this hundred year old woman who doesn't want to date him. Mm -hmm. But the, he doesn't have a lot of like little moments. He doesn't he doesn't really help anybody. He doesn't go out of his way for anybody. We don't see him... I mean, yeah, all the elves help themselves. There's not much he can... He's surrounded by people who are more powerful than him in yeah. a place of safety for yeah. almost the entire book. Yeah. And so when he gets to the Varden, he doesn't... He doesn't... He, he trains the healers a little bit. Like, he teaches them some words to heal better. He says, don't punish those guys that shot me. But, like, that's kind of the only, like, wins that he gets. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a main character for an entire book... He he fuck he watches Murtag get dragged away at the beginning and can't help. I just think that and then his, he just like, doesn't he progress doesn't... in learning is definitely a several wins. Like I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying in terms of him being active, mm -hmm. he is just sort of like he's plodding through Oramus's teachings, which is not bad necessarily. It just means that ending the book on him still not being good enough, you don't get like well, but in the book he also he did these other things. That. But he isn't. He says, and if that, I was that at That is a strength. problem moving forward. Like, the, the plot of these books is that he's still not nearly good enough. Yeah, but he says if he were at full no, strength. No, he thinks so, but he's wrong. He's not wrong. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Murtag would destroy him with magic. No, he wouldn't. He will, he could later he for reasons. He can now. For reasons. No, for reasons he can now. No. Yes. There are, when he scries his brain... He, or whatever the word is. he touches is. his brain. I know. I know what you're he talking could, about. Marte can wipe the floor with Aragon in this moment No, of magic. he can't. He absolutely can. He still has power and Aragon's... No, Murtag fat. also gets exhausted. He's sweating. Like, their fight lasts a long time. Oh, physically, yes. But he can pull... You So, okay. So, you keep thinking that magic energy and physical energy are different. They are the exact same thing. It is just energy. In a way, just yes, energy. but also no. They are they are tied, but not. Yeah, you're gonna have to reread the the next couple books. Because we we like we feel very differently. Like Aragon at full strength would have beat Murtag here, but they played their cards right, and Thorn waited until Murtag waited until Aragon was already tired, so he could swoop in, fuck him up. Um, yeah. And there and then, are reasons. Uh, even though he won, he leaves. Yes. 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 So that the next, but it, it, I think that it's kind of a like, so that the next book can happen moment. 
And I just wish there was a, I just wish there was a stronger reason. See, I just, I love, I love the reasoning for Murtag. It just, it, it works, it works for me. Yeah. No. I think that it would work more for me more if we'd spent time with Murtag. And I know that you want the reveal of Thorn showing up. But if we'd spent time with Murtag so that we could, like, understand the oaths, maybe, and have some idea of what Galbatorx has sworn him to, mm-hmm. so that we could see Murtag's process of, like, how he gets around them. But all we know is that he's magically sworn to do what Galbatorx wants him to, yep. and then he doesn't. And I'm like, okay, but why? Like, what? what is the loophole that allows him to do this? They He explained it. No, no, but in the oaths, not in the mission, in the actual oaths that he has sworn, the loyalty oaths that he's sworn to Galvatorix, what allows him to have free will? And maybe we get into that in the next book. I mean, book, he but... barely has free will, which I think is why this moment is so important. But he, because no, it he is a does moment. not barely have free will. He has a shit ton of free will in this moment to win and then decide at that point that he's satisfied his oath. That is an enormous amount of free will to allow someone to have. I would disagree. I would disagree. It's a pretty like it's a pretty strong decision. It's like that a loophole, but it's like the only defiance that he can give. But it is still defiance to a loyalty oath. It yeah. is a very disloyal thing to do. So if you've Absolutely. sworn loyalty to somebody magically, mm-hmm. to be disloyal then should have consequences, but it doesn't. It won't have consequences until Gabatorx decides it does, which I guess is how like the oaths I'm like, how does this work? Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe if maybe like if Maybe if Ormus and Aragon had gotten into oaths more, mm-hmm. you could have set up this ending stronger. I just think that, like, well, actually, um, uh, Shafiha, I don't know if I'm saying that right, so I apologize. But, like, I think that it also parallels, like, um, Aragon's wording of, like, the blessing that he gives, right? That, like, language and yes, intent is so important. Aragon doesn't know grammar at that point. That, but that's the yeah. problem. It is, is is the difference between a child learning a language and Galbatorix, the magic man who has run fascism for a hundred years... He's he like he should not fuck up grammar. Like if there's one character here, and here's the problem: he is the big bad of this series. Mm-hmm. We're two books in; we've never seen him. Oh, and the we won't. Only action that we have seen him do in two books is send dumb fucking idiot Razak after Aragon and spin oaths around Murtag that are paper thin. So either either Galbatorx isn't that great. Or I don't see how they're paper thin. Otherwise, Murtag Murtag wins. Like, yeah, but Murtag would have just fucked off then and joined the Vartan if they were that thin. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we don't we, like we don't we don't know what the oaths are or the, what the wording is, and so we can't really comment on it because we just we don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Sylvia wants to explain it to me. I I don't know that I don't know that is explainable, and I think that that's part of it. I think it comes down to your interpretation of it. And I think that that's the difference that we're having. Well, and, and because it's not explicitly said. It's we not in the book. We yeah. don't know what the wording is. We don't know what the oaths are. And so we, like, can't... Like, we, we can't know uh, for, like, for facts one way or the other. But, yeah, it is an interpretation of it. And that's, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I do think, like, if, if in the first book, Aragon had beaten Durza and had a win at the end of the first book, and it hadn't been because Sephira, because of a lucky moment at the end him having this loss wouldn't bug me as much. It is that both books end with a big fight where he fights the big bad of the book. Mm -hmm. And both of those fights end with a 
kind of lucky moment for Aragon. Mm-hmm. It's that they're both kind. Of, it, I, I just think it's a little too similar. The end of the Durza fight and the end of the Murtag fight, where it just okay. kind of ends on a like. Ex- it ends on a thing that Aragon doesn't do. It ends on something happening that allows Aragon to survive. Mm-hmm. And I wish that it wasn't two books in a row that kind of do the same final beat. And yeah. I think that that's why it bugs me more here. Yeah. because it's too similar to the Durza beat. Mm-hmm. And I wish that they just had differentiated more from that. Like, give Aragon a boss here to fight and crush and show he's capable. That We kind of just see him wiping out regular people. And Roran gets to kill the twins. True. <laughs> Who Roran has no connection to. He's got no reason to hate them. You know what I mean? Like, let let Aragon beat the shit out of the twins. Yeah, but that would be so unfair of a fight. The twins would, I know, but it would fall but over it, in the wind. But it's the, it's the narrative conclusion of his training. Right? I mean, I, I guess. They would just be so below his level. But. Yeah. Yeah, all right. That's just how I feel. Sorry, well, sorry that was a long conversation about it. I just, that, that that's, I, I. I, I don't know how I feel about it in a weird way. All right. No. Well, uh, turns out uh, Murtag and Aragon are brothers. Surprise! Kind of, yeah. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> Murtag uh, takes Zarok and is like, mm, this should have been my inheritance, so I'm going to take this. Fuck you. Uh, and Aragon no longer has a sword. Which That's <laughs> not going to be important at all It's very funny to me. Why? Well, just, just, that he, like, just that he ends up with a red dragon... Wait, did Galbatorx never show that egg to Murtag? No. Why? That is actually a question that I would love to ask Paolini. Why Why did Galbatorx not try and get the egg to hatch sooner? I think, and, and I, I think it is hmm. because, like, Galbatorx wanted Murtag willingly on his side. Remember how he was... Yeah, but that's easier when he's a child. It's harder when he's an adult. It's so much easier if you give a nine-year-old a fucking dragon, and then you, like, raise him with love the, and... The thing is... Not love, but, like, you the, know... The, 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 it has to be the right person, so I don't actually... Yeah. The, the, the how the, um... <laughs> but also, it doesn't matter because um, uh, uh, Galbatorx can just force the egg to hatch. No, he cannot. Yeah, he can. He forced Shuriken's egg to hatch. He like forcibly bonded Sh- Shuriken to him, but like they like that's not. But like, where did Shuriken come from? That's then? not a real bond. If if he did that, I don't know if he can do that to two other people. I think he did that with Shuriken and himself. Uh, oh, and there's no one to help him now to do it. Yeah, like, I, I don't in, think... Because Morzan helps him do that. So maybe he needs another... I don't actually... I know Morzan helped him steal the egg. I don't know about... He killed his original rider? Shuriken didn't have an original rider. Oh, that's... That's... Yeah. Are we forgetting something? Yeah, no, that's what it was. So it wasn't an egg that hatched. It was, like... Um, uh, yeah, uh, like a brand new baby dragon hatched. Morzan helped them kill the rider. That's and, like, what it is, okay. He bonded himself to the dragon. So, yeah, I don't think Galbatorx has a way to just force eggs to hatch. Otherwise, yeah, he would have fucking done that. Um. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so then, uh, we get kind of the aftermath of the battle. Uh, the dwarves are obviously in mourning for Hrothgar. Yeah. Uh, Orc is going to have to go back and they're going to have to choose a new king. Yep. Uh, hopefully it's someone who is sympathetic to Aragon and not one of the, um, veiled, uh, As Shwaldin Yeah. Okay, show off. Uh, Roran punches Aragon in the face. 
Yes. Uh, it's great. And then they go scry Katrina, and Aragon's like, I'm going to get your woman back. Basically. Because my woman doesn't love me. Yeah, we're going to go kill the Razak, avenge Garo, and get Katrina back for you. Mm-hmm. Yay! That's the end of the book. That is Eldest. Crushed it. We crushed it. Crushed it. Um, There was, what was the one, like, thing that I wrote down? Oh, oh yeah. Shuriken, uh, Heisenberg says uh, Shuriken has the most fucked up existence in these books. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It is Shuriken's life is tragic. Horror. Absolutely tragic. Um, so they... Well, he's also, he's also forced to grow too fast. Yeah. Um, no, he's he's, he's like insane. 15 times the size of Glader. Yeah. Um, which will be forgotten about in the final battle, but that's fine. No. Yeah, there's a, there's no, a beat. it's not. It is. No, it's not. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Right, we get we'll to get it. to it. Um, um, so do you agree with Artemis that wisdom is, or logic is the most useful mental tool? I know, Spock. For a person? No, of course not. <laughs> what do you think it is? Kindness. Like empathy? No, kindness. Kindness. Yeah. It is the most useful tool in the world. You think it's the most useful? Yeah, I do. I, I think kindness has achieved more historically than anything else. And kindness lasts the longest. That's very interesting. I think I, I think that, like, genuine kindness is the most enduring thing humanity can accomplish. Because it drives us to do, to, to create It drives us and, to create beauty. It yeah. drives us to create, I, I, I think that the I, I, patronage and, 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 family and love. I think that human beings will do more for love than they will for any other thing in this world. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is rooted in kindness. Yeah. Cause I think kindness is the, is the root of love. Right. And then that's why like the, the, when, when you have love without kindness, it's, it's perverted and, and it's, it's gross and it leads to these toxic sort of demented relationships that damage each other. But, but when you root love in kindness, I think it's the most powerful thing in the world. I love that. Yeah. I don't think logic. I, you, you can be illogical and still change the world. You can be dumb and change the world. You can be, you can be, you don't have to be wise. You don't have to be strong. Like none, none of the, none of the things that you need to be to change the world are, are what we would consider like the strengths of a D&D character. Mm, mm-hmm. Magic isn't the important thing. It, it's kindness. Yeah. And yes, look, evil wins periodically. Evil takes over the world and evil has, has evil can do a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Corruption, greed, they can always do a lot. But those systems always inevitably fall to groups of people who believe in one another at every point in human history. And you call yourself a nihilist. No, I'm a nihilist about the world that we live in. Uh I'm not a nihilist about humanity. I think as a race, we are generally pretty capable of incredible things. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a nihilist because I think that most people don't lead with kindness. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And I think that if we did, we'd live in a much better place, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't think that it's a very common trait for people to have. And I don't believe that most people are capable of it anymore. But I, I think that it is the most There's important the thing. There's the nihilism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. No, I, I, I do. I think that because of a variety of factors, we've sort of given up on it. And we have ideas like wisdom or logic or strength or... Capitalism. Capitalism. That those are what drive the world. And and they, they are in a way, right? Like capitalism allows for so much. It allows for the equipment that allows us to put the show out. But at the end of the day, like it is genuinely kindness that changes the world. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's what brings people together. People, people don't... 
people will group up to love something far more than they will ever group up to hate something. And just because Twitter feels like the opposite, Twitter's not real life. The largest non-religious gathering on earth is the uh, Indiana 500, right? And it's because people just want to go watch cars drive in a circle all day. And like, look, do I politically agree with a lot of people go to that race? Probably not. But do I think that I could probably go to that race and have a blast because it's 100,000 people showing up to have a great time? I do. I believe that. Right? Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I think kindness is really the, is, is the answer to so many of human, humanity's problems. I just also think that it takes a lot of bravery to show kindness to people mm. nowadays. And we, we treat sincerity with such disdain. And we shy away from it. And, and we, 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 we treat any sort of genuine emotion as being worth mockery. And, and then we wonder why we struggle to show kindness to one another. Mm-hmm. Look at our YouTube videos. Look at any video where I cry in a YouTube video and go read the comments. Go read what people say about me because I'm a man who cries. Yeah. Because I genuinely have empathy for the characters in the show that we're watching. Yeah. Like, the, the idea that my genuine empathy for those characters is worth mockery is the issue that we are facing as a humanity right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's why I stay out of politics online because my opinions are very strong and I would uh, get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that. Thank you for that. What do you think the most important thing in human... What, What was your question? (laughs) <laughs> the most useful tool, mental tool for a person to, to, to possess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I think the key word is useful. Yeah. Because like, is kindness the most useful thing to achieve what you want? Maybe not always. And that sucks. Like. I Well, if you're going always, then fucking. Well, yeah. Then, a then, gun is then, the most useful tool. <laughs> it's not a mental tool. <laughs> Sure, but I'm saying if we're talking about the this the, the, if we're talking about the, the tool that will get what you need done in the most situations, then a gun is going to be the most useful money. tool. Money, no, no, it's money. Mon- uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. It is, it is money. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like, I honestly, and that 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 is the problem. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I have like one strong answer like you do because like because like I think like honesty is very important. Is it useful? Sometimes, absolutely not. Like, like, I, I think it's very important to be honest with people and sometimes that sets you back. Sometimes being honest Mm -hmm. is the opposite of useful, but like, again, that stems from like the kindness, the kindness of like showing someone honesty. And you mentioned also being brave. It's like, you have to be brave to show that kindness. And so then maybe is bravery the most useful thing? Maybe. Like, I think someone but, could argue that. But I think that we need bravery to show kindness because we have strayed so far from being kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Whereas I think if that, we like, hadn't, like, it wouldn't. I think globalism is a huge part of that. I think it's it's very harder. I think, we, I think that humanity is in a place of struggling. I don't want to get into international conflicts right now just because of the state of the world. But um, we are struggling with the ability to be so on top of each other as a race on this planet. And yeah. there's just too many of us. And I, I think that the the cynicism and the fear and the xenophobia in the world right now, I, I don't have an answer to it because of 
there's so many people. Yeah. And we don't know how to deal with, like, our population size. And every single person is different. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, there's, there's real, like, deep wounds of xenophobia that go back so many generations. And it's, it's really hard to come up with solutions to those problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, so I, I think we're, we need bravery because of the position we're in. But I think that, like, when we were in the position that, of, like, Algasia, where, like, it's mostly towns, where you spend time with the same people, I think it's a lot easier to show kindness in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And it's it's harder now in the world we live in. Yeah, yeah, I Especially hate. because you can't trust so much of what you see online, you know? Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good discussion. Crushed it. I love this book. I love it's this good. series. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Um now we're going to go read Brissinger. Yeah, we have to start because I'm not... I read until 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the I wonder if I would have enjoyed the ending more if I wasn't so tired when I got to it. Well, maybe, and that's fair, but we did. We accidentally kind of like overstuffed our plates uh, for this week. That's okay. If you're in Toronto, come by Offworld Bar tonight. Uh, we're going to be hosting the Halloween costume contest at the bar. Uh, we're very excited to be guests um, of that party. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a good time. I'm going to go nap for, until then. Thank you for being here for Book Club. Shall we do high-low? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a thing that my family did growing up, where we'd sit around the dinner table, share our highs, uh, and commiserate over each other's lows, so that we could bond. Now, Clarus and I are married, and so we're trying to keep our marriage healthy by saying our high-lows about books that we both enjoy. Yes. Uh, Clarus will do her high, I'll do my low, she'll do her low, I'll do my high. Because we like to compliment sandwich this beach. Hell yeah. Clarus, what is your high for... Eldest. You get one guess. The Durangurgata. No, the, what's it called? The Agate Blodren. Same thing. Not the same thing. In same the slightest. words. Uh, the Blood Oath Celebration, where the moment where Aragorn's back gets healed, this beautiful visual. I have a hard time visualizing things, and this one has always stuck with me ever since I read it as, like, I don't know, a 14, 15-year-old. Uh, beautiful. Not just because there's naked ladies in it. I promise it is more than that. Um, but this moment... This 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 moment is my favorite moment in this series. It means a lot to me. That's my high. What's your low? It's tough. There there isn't like a low low in this book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I I think that this this isn't my favorite book in the series. Um, but oh. uh, it is it is generally very like the lowest are like the middle. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. There's no like yikes there, in this book. And like there's choices that I wish were stronger choices, but they're but still not bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. even like your high, the blood oath, is. I I wish that it was like narratively different. Yeah. Or or narratively just a little bit more meaningful for Aragon, but it's still such a well written scene, and I love the way it's visualized. Yeah. So like. I don't know. I, I for, my low for me, I think is like Nasuada, her oh. her the way she talks about Elva. I just find oh, it weird. Okay, okay, interesting. Um, oh, and you know, actually, you know what? My low is just Aragon with Arya. With Arya, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I don't know that I That's necessarily I it think it's be. the best handled story in the book. Really, I think it's like appropriately messy. I I think that I don't like it happening again because magic. 
Oh, like, like the moment at the, in the celebration where he's like, no, I love you. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, And you're like, okay, we fucking get it. Because we get like the Firth moment. Yeah. And then we, we just kind of get it multiple times. Yeah, And then yeah. him like stalking through her room while he's there to apologize. It was just very weirdly written to me. Like yeah. that, the that actually might be my, that, that's probably my low. Now that I think about it, it's the scene where he's like there to apologize and he goes through her shit. Yeah. Feels just very strange. That is also my low. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a weird one. Like I could understand him like walking over to like leave the flowers yeah and like he like peeks and sees like he you know you know when you look at something and you catch a handful of words on it and you're like oh like but then but then you look away because it's private and you know if no, he, but he specifically like goes oh, he through her living it. room to her bedroom picks that up off of her nightstand oh i didn't think she had a living room i thought she just had like he, he goes to like multiple rooms in her house he like no tildari hall is like the castle yeah, no, he, or so, no, no, he, like, goes through multiple rooms of once he's in her place. Really? I don't think, I, I'm not Can sure I even about find it? that. What chapter would that be? I think he, like, walks in and he, like, is like, wow, a glimpse of her life. Uh, like, oh, wait, and that's the thing, room. if he had, like, seen the paper, caught a handful of words and was like, okay, I'm going to leave these here and then leave, that'd what be less weird. Because I, I, I do think it is actually more than that. Um, can you find the chapter while I... Uh, sure... Um, it's after the fairth. Oh, the image of perfection. Oh, okay. Chapter 46, the beginning of wisdom, um, is when he goes to her room to apologize. Yeah, like, he snooped a little bit, you know? He definitely could have, like, been less snoopy, um, in that moment. But I did I never thought he, like, walked through, like all of her rooms to find her, like, bedroom. Okay, but this is where it gets creepy. The screen door was open when he reached her chambers. No one answered when he knocked. He stepped inside, listening for approaching footsteps as he glanced around the spacious vine-colored living room, which opened to a small bedroom on one side and a study on the other. Oh. Two fairths decorated the walls. Um, Aragon wandered through the apartment, looking but not touching, savoring his glimpse into Arya's life, yeah, okay, gleaning yeah. what he could about her interests and hobbies. By her bed, he saw a glass sphere. On her desk, uh, neat rows of scrolls. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, he snooped. He's, he, he fully snooped. And by the trees, a scrap of paper with an unfinished poem. He went through all of her no, shit. No, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> like... He went through everything. It's creepy yeah. and weird. Yeah. And he's there to apologize because he already did something wrong to her. Yeah. If this was the thing that he did wrong and he came back to apologize later, it would be understandable. But this is his apology. Yeah. This is like a fucking YouTuber apology. He pulled out the ukulele and was like, I'm sorry, Aria, but I still want to fuck you. I'm sorry, Aria, but your breasts are so nice. I'm sorry, Aria, but your ass looks really hot. I'm sorry, Aria, do you want to marry me? Wait, fuck. I fucked up this apology. It's the YouTuber. He, he yeah. YouTuber apologies it by going to every room of her apartment. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's weird. It's 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 weird. Mm -hmm. Um, My high. My high is... Uh, <laughs> that's tough. Is it? Okay. It is. I, I think it might be Roran's speech, which is funny because my high of this book is my, the same as my high of Shadow Rising. But, oh, um, hilarious. Uh, I think it might be, the, I think it might be Roran's speech. I really enjoyed Roran. I liked Roran's stuff a lot. It broke up, um, Aragorn's stuff well. Um, and, you know, it is similar to other stuff, but I, I, I like, I like Roran as a character. Mm -hmm. I like guys who use hammers, just kind of generally. Yeah. I'm a hammer boy myself, so, uh um, Hammer time. Ba -na -na -na. Love that. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, know. Okay. I love that. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be Roran's speech. I, I, I like Roran's plot throughout this. I think that he gets too good too fast. And I wish that it was like explained away. I think, and there's an easy explanation, but it's fine. Uh, I, I think that yeah. Roran, I think Roran's interesting. And I like Katrina and I like that he has to go save her. And it gives Aragon a next step. Yeah. Because honestly, the, one thing these books don't do very well is give Aragon like ways to do things. Like Galbatorx is such a huge problem. Mm-hmm. But there aren't, like, a lot of other things that Aragorn can do in the meantime. And so I think that giving Katri- kidnapping Katrina actually does give Aragorn, like, a plot to move forward with. Yeah, get rid of some of Yabatorx's servants. The Surdens aren't in a place where they can, like, storm mm-hmm. Alagasia, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So it's, Aragorn's kind of in a weird place toward all of these books. And yeah. 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 I think Katrina, the Katrina Warren stuff is really strong. Yeah, it's great. It's a great, yeah. It gives the, it gives the like, launch into the next book. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, because that's what the next book starts with. Slight spoilers. You've probably already started Brissinger, but that's what we're talking about. I haven't. Next week, I actually, I started the audiobook last night. Proud of you. Hell yeah. Or we could listen to it together if you want. But, yeah, um, yeah. we gotta go. We gotta go to a Halloween party. We gotta go pick up some sweet treats, because it's Halloween, and I refuse. Oh, you want candy? Are we leaving right now? Probably. Okay, let's go get candy. Uh, if you like this video, like and subscribe to the channel. If you don't hit the dislike button, leave mean comments down below because the algorithm god is hungry and we must feed her. This episode, that algorithm goddess is. That's gonna be um, uh, Maud the Werecat because she deserved more time in this book. Oh, She's... yeah, we really didn't talk about her. Yeah, I, she doesn't do anything, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow us around the internet, you can. I'm at Nerdy Nightly. I'm at Clars Polaris. Leave us a five star review on Apple, Spotify, all those podcasting places. Leave a comment down below on this video. Do the things. Uh, and as always, do something nerdy tonight, Clarus. We're going to do something nerdy right now, which is add... We already kind of smut-cornered throughout... We've kind of peppered smut-cornered throughout our book club lately. I, yeah. Is there um, a place where you, would, where you would add a sex scene that isn't the elf orgy or the second elf orgy? It's the elf orgies. The, the elves love their orgies, and, you know, I'm, pr- I'm proud of them for just being open and, and free sexually. I think the night that Oryk shows up to Aragon super drunk... Um, he is there. It's his first time going there. He's been drinking the whole time he's in Elfland, right? Mm-hmm. But it's his first time because he uh, he and an elf had sex that night. Ah. And he actually goes to Aragon for, like, help with, like, what to do about he's that. He's like, I cheated on Havedra. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Oric and that elf, they're the first uh, dwarf-elf uh, relationship. They probably would be, yeah. And uh, good for them. Good for them. Happy I don't know what you. positions they did, but... Uh, they made it work. They made it work. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye.